And good morning. It is a Monday edition of Glenn Clark Radio. Glenn, he's Griffin. Ravens win in dominant fashion over the Lions. I would say surprising. Not surprising that they won, just surprising the way that they went about doing it. But pleasant for sure. Hell of a performance, obviously. We will discuss that throughout the course of the show. If you missed our Project Game Day postgame show, don't miss it again. That's quite silly of you. Myself, Rita, Super Bowl champion Femi Ion Badejo. Yesterday, Ken Zalis joined us and still tried to go after John Harbaugh somehow. Still. I missed that, darn it. <laughs> Josh Charles chimed in as well. We had a fun day yesterday. Join us every game day this season, immediately following every Ravens game. Facebook.com slash PressBoxSports. YouTube.com slash PressBoxOnline. PressBoxOnline.com slash Game Day. The Project Game Day post-game show brought to you by Superbook Sports, HelpMyGamblingProblem.org, and AJ Michaels. I keep coming back to something. My column today is a kind of fun uh, by-the-numbers thing that I'm doing based on the Ravens win. You guys can can read that when it's up at PressBoxOnline.com. But I keep coming back to something that, like, in hindsight, maybe I should have written my column about because it stuck with me afterwards. It stuck with me, and I appreciated it because we could talk about the performance for forever. It was one of the great performances in... Ravens regular season history. It was one of the most emphatic performances we've ever seen at M&T Bank Stadium. We could talk about it for a long time, but there's only so many ways to keep saying, wow, they were great. The next step is, what does it mean? And as I allude to in my column and I alluded to in the postgame show, I, I don't really know how to respond to it because the NFL games can be funny things. I don't know that the Ravens are 32 points better than the Detroit Lions. I have no idea what would happen if these two teams played again next week. Sometimes games are creatures of momentum. And clearly, yesterday, the Baltimore Ravens seized momentum very early and never allowed the Lions into the game, and the Lions never got their footing. And we know from having watched football for years that that can happen to good teams. There can just be days where you play a game that instead of it being decided by something that occurs in the fourth quarter, it's really decided by something that happens in the first quarter. And it doesn't mean you're not a good football team or it doesn't mean that you're not capable of being competitive or that definitively the team that you're playing against is better than you. Remember, the year the Ravens won the Super Bowl, they also got their ass handed to them a couple of times. You remember how it went when they played the Broncos in the regular season? It it happens in football. That's the way that it goes. So I don't know exactly what the appropriate way is to read into what occurred yesterday. I think the Ravens played incredibly well. I think when you say things like, this is what the Ravens offense is capable of doing, that's fair. Or this is what we were waiting to see from this offense or something along those lines. Does it guarantee that they're going to be 
high-powered and they're going to score 38 points a game the rest of the season? Not at all. But when clicking, this is what this offense is capable of. That's fair. It doesn't guarantee that they're not going to have other letdown performances. This is the NFL, man. It's a 17-game season. Stuff happens. But it's nice to know what it can look like. What we thought the Ravens were building offensively, it's nice to see it come to fruition. When you get all of the receivers involved, and they were all involved early. Within the first two drives, all four of the Ravens' top wide receivers were involved in the game. That's a big sign. I write about it today. Nine pass catchers, eight of which caught a pass in the first half. In the first half, eight guys. The nine is a season high. But eight of which caught a pass in the first half. The last player to catch a pass yesterday was Gus Edwards, who took the you know dump off 80 yards early in the third quarter. He was the last of the Ravens' nine pass catchers to catch a pass yesterday. Moving the ball around, getting everyone involved, making everyone feel like they're part of a game of the game, goes a long way. There's things in nitpick. Odell Beckham's got to start running forward like the. He's doing a, doing a bit much at the moment. I get it. He wants to be a playmaker and thinks that's what he was brought into Baltimore to do, but he was absolutely not brought here to lose yards. Like, that's not on the list of things he was brought to do. And he, he, this is always difficult for players at that point in their career. He's not Odell Beckham anymore. He thinks he's Tyreek Hill. Yeah, well, that, that, yeah, that's more problematic. But he, what he really thinks is that he's Odell Beckham, and this is difficult for players. Like, you... This is what I'm I'm used to being able to make magic. Dude, you're not here to make magic. You're just not that guy. And that's okay. That maybe some mouth breathers thought that's what you were here to do, but everybody realizes that's not what Odell Beckham is anymore. So let's nitpick. Stop doing that. But getting everybody involved was a good thing. It was a very good thing paid significant dividends. So you see what it is the offense is capable of. On the flip side, they were barely running the ball to start the game, and there was actually reason to ask, well, hey, what happens when they have to run the ball? Well, then they had to run the ball, and they went out and they did that pretty well too. Everything, for the most part, worked. The fumble was inexcusable. Justice Hill's going to have to answer for that at some point. It'll be interesting to see, as they purposely tried to get Keaton Mitchell on the field yesterday, how much more rope Justice Hill gets when it comes to this stuff. And it's funny because you can't go back and measure it, right? Because when it happens in a mesh point fumble, they always go to the quarterback. It's kind of nonsense. But as everybody explained to me, that that including Femi, of course, who played the position... That's on the running back. When it's obvious that the quarterback has the lane and wants to keep the ball, that's on you in that situation. You've got to let go of the ball. And I don't know if it's a communication thing. I can't get in the nitty-gritty of what what the, the language is supposed to be in those moments to make it clear. I don't I don't 
I've never been in that spot, that high of a level, to understand why it continues to be an issue specifically with Justice Hill. Femi's theory is he's just a guy that wants to make plays, and he thinks that he knows better in those spots. And No, 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 I should have the ball because I see what I see. But it's the quarterback's decision. The quarterback is the decision maker in those spots. So whatever the quarterback's decision is, you don't get to veto it. You don't get to say, no, I, I like this better. He only has registered three official fumbles in his career, apparently. Which, Justice Hill? Yeah. Which oh, okay. everybody because half of them are... Because, yes, yeah, the majority, these. all of these circumstances where they've been mesh point issues, we've... They they all would if it's a mesh point fumble it goes to the quarterback it's just the way that it works and it's not fair on either end because it makes it look like it it just adds the a, a turnover total for Lamar Jackson that's not legitimate and it protects Justice Hill from these conversations where somebody says oh you I thought you said he had a fumbling problem well it's more specifically a mesh point we may need to come up with a new stat for it it's a mesh point issue like there's half sacks half fumbles. Maybe. No, I, I mean, like, the people that know would tell you that it shouldn't be a half fumble. That, like, that should go the entire way. But that's on the running back in that spot. So Greg Olson was saying on the broadcast when he was like, Cam Newton, when he or he would tell his running backs, if 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 I, if I want the ball, I'm going to be ripping it out of your, like, you've got to be taking the ball until I rip it away. So that made it feel like it might have been slightly more on Lamar, but I guess if, no. if Justice, you know, Justice should know that the ball. I mean, that wait, we have to have go. wrestling matches in order to figure out like how this I mean, is supposed to go. You know, like you I said, mean, look, we haven't done this, but I, I haven't. But that's why I rely on Femi because <laughs> Femi was a running back. Like Femi understands how this works. Um, I, the notion that the quarterback has to push you to the ground. In order to complete the mesh point, that seems a bit much. But, you know, I, hey, what do I know? What do I know? Um, look, man, I'm nitpicking, right? The Ravens were great. The part that was interesting to me, the part that I keep coming back to, um, were the comments after the game from Lamar Jackson. And it's – I hate saying this. Because it almost makes it seem like there can be no joy. I I want to be very clear. I think that yesterday was a day worth celebrating. It was a great win for the Baltimore Ravens. Today's show brought to you, by the way, by the Baltimore County Police Department. This Saturday, we have reached the date. This Saturday, Baltimore County Police Department hosting a hiring event. This Saturday, October 28th at the Public Safety Building, 700 East Joppa Road in Towson. If you're thinking about a career in the Baltimore County Police Department, you can go through the hiring process, written test, agility test. All of the application effort can be taken care of right there on Saturday. On top of that, if you're not thinking about a career in the Baltimore County Police Department, you have the opportunity to participate in a community event have some conversation with the folks in the Baltimore County Police Department, try to continue to build the trust between community and police, and while you're there, it's a community event that's a trunk or treat. So get your kids in their costumes. Nice, safe environment for them to go around and get some candy this Saturday with the Baltimore County Police Department. Phone number 410-887-5542 to find out more or go to joinbaltimorecountypd.com if you want to find out more as well.
Lamar Jackson, after the game, asked why he didn't um, didn't seem like he was all that overjoyed, right? He just went out and put up a nearly perfect passer rating. Another one of the vintage, brilliant Lamar Jackson performances. And his answer was was really great. I mean, I'm all right with winning, but it's still the regular season. We made strides with improvement from last week and earlier this season, but it's just one regular season game. Oh, it's chef's kiss, right? It's just, that's the good. Inject right. that, please, right into my veins. I, I think everybody has, the, this, is, this is the nature of football, right? It's a week-by-week week league. And, you know, Bill Belichick was going to be fired three days ago, two days ago. Now, today in Boston, it's it's paradise. It's a week-to-week league. Well, it's never paradise in Boston. Yeah, that's true. It's a week-to-week league. It's a, it's a place where we react to the thing that we have the most recent evidence of. How are things going? It's entirely based on what happened in the most recent football game. It matters not. Like today in Miami, we, we know objectively the Dolphins are a good team. Don't try to talk about that today in Miami. Don't try to say everything's going well. That's the nature of the NFL. The nature of the NFL is you're as good as whatever you did in the last football game that you played. Dirty secret, that's how our power rankings work, right? Like I have two internal rules. I won't raise a team that lost a game. I won't drop a team that won a game. Even if you're, say, the Cleveland Browns, and perhaps you didn't deserve to win the game, or the Pittsburgh Steelers, and you got the benefit of the officials being like, we're not going to bother to officiate the game. Here's what we're going to do. Do you have any timeouts left? Because if you have timeouts left, then, then we'll officiate the game. But if not, we're we're just going to, we're going to go ahead and get out of here, gang. Enjoy. Even if you're one of those teams that took advantage of nonsense in order to win, you won. That's the nature of the NFL. There are Those are the inherent rules that I have. You had a bye, you don't move. You don't get to say, well, somehow we were better this week because you were on the bye. You win, you don't drop. You lose, you don't gain. It would take something extraordinary, and I don't... I, I, I feel like the only instances where that's ever occurred have been things like, the other team is so bad and then maybe loses their quarterback on top of it. But you get the point. Those are pretty simple rules. That's the nature of the league. The league is you're as good as whatever we saw from you last. So because of that, the Ravens are really good. And this week, there'll be a lot of conversation about. And by the way, I'll look, man, I'm not. This is We got to do five days worth of content here to pretend like I'm not going to be a part of it to some extent. I might not be as naked as other people are. Not here. I have other places where I do that. You're welcome. Um, we're going to talk about these things. Big people say, "Is this the are the Ravens? You know, proving themselves to be a Super Bowl contender. Might they be the team to beat in the AFC? We'll do all of that stuff this week. We will. National shows. They'll do all that. You know, we'll sit back on Twitter. Hey, nice of you guys to come around. Like what? Like for some reason we care about what any of those people are saying. We'll do all those things. Why? Because the last thing we saw from the Ravens was a dominant performance. But to Lamar Jackson's point, it doesn't actually matter 
It makes us feel good. It's like the guarantee fairy. I can put a guarantee on a box of S. I can tell you love it because this is why the the lamometer you moved it up again. What the hell is going on around here? <laughs> I I don't He's know. Coming in here and messing with this. I don't know who I don't know who's touching. I think it was at twenty four. I believe. Yeah. Twenty four, twenty five. I don't remember. Yeah. Double check on that before we do get to tomorrow. I don't know what that's all about. It was it was definitely twenty four. Um, we're gonna feel good this week, and we deserve to feel good this week. But Lamar Jackson's point is well taken. What does it actually mean? Well, it means as much as what happens moving forward. More importantly, it means as much as what happens when you get to the postseason. Now, it's important because you can't get there without doing this. And by virtue of, you know, losing a couple games they should have won, the Ravens put themselves a bit behind the eight ball in terms of their ability to get there and do the things they want to do. So they needed to make sure they were beating good teams. Does this make up for? It certainly doesn't make up for a loss to the Steelers. You can't win a game against an NFC team to make up for that. Could you say this makes up for the loss to the Colts? Could you say, hey, you know, in another world, you could have beaten the Colts and lost to the Lions? I don't know, maybe. But the point that Lamar Jackson brings up is that it feels good, it's nice, but we didn't actually win anything today. I think what's happened is we cloud, when it comes to the Ravens now we view them, we cloud these numbers based on things that happened when Lamar Jackson was hurt. And the truth is that for as long as Lamar Jackson has played, has been the Ravens quarterback, every time he's played there has been a viable belief that that Ravens team had a chance to make a deep playoff run. There's never been a moment that Lamar Jackson has played in a game with the Baltimore Ravens that wasn't meaningful. It's never occurred. So it would almost be silly for Lamar Jackson to be overly celebratory about a regular season win. He's had lots of those. That's what he's used to. He's played brilliantly over and over and over again in his career. So why would he overreact to any one particular regular season win? Which doesn't mean that Ravens fans shouldn't feel good or shouldn't love what they saw. But Lamar Jackson's point, unspoken, is well taken. It's a regular season game. It's one. The guy's made a life out of dominating in these circumstances. All we've ever seen Lamar Jackson do is dominate. Put up historic numbers. So his point, it's again, it's chef's kiss. Everybody else in town, celebrate. Be excited. Feel good. But for Lamar, it's kind of old hat. Yeah, I'm pretty good. I don't know if you guys have heard. Maybe you forgot because I got hurt. But I'm used to this. Glad it happened. But I'm going to care when we get to the postseason. 
And the idea that Lamar Jackson is so hyper-focused and laser-driven about winning a Super Bowl and performing well in the postseason is music to the ears of football fans in this area. No, I'm not going to act like we just won the Super Bowl because we beat the Lions in the regular season. It's just a regular season game. Ah, that is the good stuff, man. We'll see how they follow it up. All right, joining us now here on GCR, this man has made me cry a number of times in my life. I'm not uh, I'm not ashamed to admit that. He, of course, now is uh, with Fox and was on the sidelines yesterday as the Ravens did dismantle the Lions 38-6. He is the great Tom Rinaldi, and he's back with us now here on GCR. Tom, it's Glenn in Baltimore. It's great to catch up with you, sir. Thank you so much for taking a couple of minutes for us this morning. Glenn, are you okay? Everything are you is, all right, everything buddy? Everything is great, yeah, are, man. Are you doing all right? I'm great. <laughs> I'm great, Tom. Everything is good, man. I, I was, we were talking about these comments from Lamar Jackson after the game, and I, I got to tell you, as a football fan, I love them, right? Like, y- y'all can celebrate this. Yeah, everybody in town. And look, it's a great day to be in Baltimore. You know how this goes. It's a week-to-week league, right? Like, how's everybody doing? Well, it's yes. as good as you did in your last game. But for Lamar Jackson to say, yeah, I'm not really going to do that, I'm – it's a regular season game. That's all it is to me. Like I, That, to me, is the next-level stuff, and I'm sure as you guys were talking to Lamar this week, that I have just truly grown to appreciate about this young man where he is just saying, look, man, this is cool, but I got bigger goals. I want to win championships. And so this is neat. I'm glad it happened, but you're not going to catch me out here you know, holding a parade and running around like uh, we just won the Super Bowl today. <laughs> I think you're right. I think you're absolutely on point. We had the chance to sit down with Lamar uh, for a feature for uh, NFL Fox Sunday. And, and you know, we, we sort of had a theme of moments, Glenn, right? Where we talked about all these moments in Lamar's life from the moment he knew he wanted to be a quarterback for the first time, uh, playing ball with his late dad in the yard to going on winning the Heisman to a moment that still motivates him being asked whether he wanted to work out with the wide receivers at the NFL combine to the MVP to exactly what you're discussing. The moment that means the most that he hasn't experienced mm-hmm. and that's to win a championship and to have playoff success in the NFL. You nailed it. You know, as, as I was listening or uh, waiting to come on, this is old hat for him in every metric in as a starter check against the other conference check his ability to throw deep down the field check to feather check to extend but look at the play going that was almost 10 seconds long in the first half with his extension with his feet and then also look at the the fourth down for the first touchdown where he extends the play he waits he's patient he finds the seam and he's gone he is a unique talent and this is why dan campbell called him a nightmare the nightmare came true for the lions yesterday man when he's like that there is just nothing you can do about it to your point the touchdown to aguilar goes on the eternal lamar jackson highlight reel of just there are only so many humans there's like two maybe in the world that could do something (laughs) like that he is a special guy tom you know did you get a sense for in the week leading up to the game and those conversations and then watching it unfold, there has been so much made of the Ravens with this new offense with Todd Munkin. They didn't play the guys in the preseason. It didn't always look crisp in the early going. Did it feel like this is the moment it's all coming together 
versus, hey, look, it's the NFL. Sometimes there's just one game. But did it feel like this is what the Ravens were building to with the moves they made in the offseason and now leading up to this? It did not, being honest with you. When Todd Munkin got on the call with us, I mean, he began the call, and we all noted it with a sigh, with a very big sigh, as if, oh, wow, we still got so much to work on, mm. right? And then you heard Harbaugh, we're working progress. And then Lamar telling us, man, we just aren't consistent. There were all variations on one theme, but we need to get better. Well, they got better, and here's the great news, Glenn, right? They got better against a very good test, against a team with an outstanding defense, by far the best quarterback they faced to this, to this point in the season. They were all over him. I mean, no matter, again, how you look at it, take a second if you're a Ravens fan. I believe at one point the total yards, was 325 to 16. It was 28 nothing before Detroit had a first down. <laughs> I, we did not get that sense in the meetings. We got the sense that, yes, we need to get better. But Harbaugh did say an important thing to us. He said, it, it isn't about how we're playing right now. We, getting better is the mission. You need to be playing your best later. Not now. There's a lot of teams that can play well early. We want to be a team that plays well late. And, they, and whether you call this early or late, let's call it the midpoint, yeah. it was a clinic. That was as, that was as thorough a, a beating of another team. as, And we've seen some on our crew here this year, but that was, that was breathtaking. He is Tom Rinaldi, Fox Sports. He's with us here on GCR. Uh, Tom, to, to follow up what you bring up with the Lions, I, I, I was thinking about it. The top three DVOA defenses in the league coming into yesterday were the the, right. Brown, the Browns, who the Ravens handled earlier in the year, the Ravens, right. who they don't get to go up against, and then the Lions, right? So, like, the, the two best defenses besides themselves in the league, they've now put it on both of those teams, and they've scored um, – you know, an average of 33 points in those two games against those teams. That's a pretty big statement. To, to the point, you guys obviously being the top crew, you see the best teams in football. Do th- And I know that this was one performance and you try not to read too much into one game, but do you come away from it saying, oh, the Ravens absolutely look the part of a Super Bowl contender after what we saw yesterday? Well, I, I think, Glenn, you, you raise a great point. I think it's important. Yes, it is a one-week-to-one-week league. We know that. But I also am always interested in looking at the quarterbacks that a defense has faced week to week. In a way, that is, let's say, a second-level dive on a team's resume. At the end of the day, of course, it's if you won, not how you won, but who you won against matters. And that's why I think yesterday mattered so much. Not only was it a great performance on both sides of the ball, but they beat a very good team. They beat a very good team coming back from London. They beat a very good team when Harbaugh told us a good deal of the roster felt under the weather and was still sort of recovering a bit from London. So, I mean, wow, whatever. You don't want to go to London every week and come back. That seemed to be a formula that worked. And then most importantly, there's still, you can see, places for this team to grow. I mean, OBJ is still not in gear. Um, Bullies, obviously, Mark Andrews at some point 
has got to get his full due. He's not, I understand, the flashiest guy. He's a guy I've known from college. I love him as a person. Love him as a player. I know Ravens fans do too. Uh, I know he was disappointed. He thought he could have had another score, uh, maybe had three touchdowns. But to see a dismantling of a good team, I think, is a real considerable step forward against a quality uh, unit on both sides of the ball in the Lions. Yeah, I, I mean, it's really it's funny because in our business, right, like what we're good at is nitpicking and, and trying to come up with um, negative things. To say. <laughs> I, I don't know what else to say other this week, Tom, than this, this is awesome. May it continue. Right? Like, this is, it's kind of a boring week for sports radio in town. Oh, the team's good. More at 11. <laughs> I, will, I will say, though, yeah. if – I do think what makes you you and what makes you such an effective host is to, to point out Lamar's reaction. Yep. And I think that's the collective reaction. I really do. Talking to guys coming off the field, you know, Aaron Andrews had the chance to speak with Lamar postgame. I talked I talk to him coming off the field. I talked to Andrews coming off. I talked to Geno Stone. I just, the guys were obviously happy with the win, but... I don't think anybody was overly elated. I think they just felt like, okay, this is what we can be. Now we got to put that together more consistently, right? Because the best teams are consistent. Uh, And and that what they should be. To me, still, if I got to be honest, Tom, the surprising part, I think we all believe the offense was going to go this route. That this group is the group that has 29 sacks and is leading the NFL on the season. Kyle Van Noy... 10 days from being on his couch is racking up a couple of sacks yesterday that Jadeveon Clowney has played the way that he has played this season, which is so far beyond anything. Justin Matabike looks like an all pro at the moment. This is the part of the story that to me is the wild part is I, I, I thought this might be the year where the Ravens defense maybe took a step backwards a little bit. Instead, they've proven to maybe be, you know, again, the one of the best defenses in all of football. And, and and you, it's I, I now this is going to sound like an overreaction, overreaction Monday, but you can in in our view and our research, we talked about it in our production meeting Saturday night. You can point to one player, and I don't know that he's talked about in the highest echelon of the best defenders in the NFL. One player, and the metrics all changing since he arrived in Baltimore, and that's Roquan. Oh, it's insane. When, when he arrived, and, you know, it was Harbaugh gave him such a compliment to us when we met with him last week. He said it isn't just his play. Look at Queen's play since Roquan has arrived. Look at what he's done for the entirety of the unit in how he models the right play and how he frees up other players to play freely. It, you can't overstate, it, I think, in Harbaugh and the coaching staff's estimation, his value. Obviously, that's why he got paid. You know, we, we understand that. But he is an absolute difference maker for that unit. And, boy, does he, he deserves his due. So he's such a monster, man. That will go down as one of the great moves uh, in the history of the Baltimore Ravens. That was will. a steal of the century. It'll be interesting to see if they're active again at the deadline this year. Uh, Tom, can I can I always ask you a selfish one? Uh, I, I'm such sure. a Tom Rinaldi fan. Um, y- your storytelling is amongst the best there's been, and 
I'm a nerdy tennis fan, so I always loved having you on tennis coverage. I missed that. I got to be honest with you, selfishly, I've missed that in the last couple. <laughs> yeah, of years. I miss tennis too. It's great. Um, but I just wondered. We we we're not great at giving people their flowers until they're gone. And I just wonder if you'd be willing to tell me what it meant to you to spend as much time around Lee Corso as you did, because I, to me, he's such a special part of a sport that I love. And I associate you, obviously. I know you're with Fox now, and I love you being doing the Ravens games. It's great news for me. But, you know, it's it's such a part of what people think about with you. Can you tell me what it meant to you to spend as much time as you did with Lee Corso over the years? Yeah, and I appreciate you giving me the opportunity to talk about him. Uh, I love him. Uh, our family loves him. Anyone who is around Lee Corso loves him. He's He's America's grandfather. Mm -hmm. And there was a time when he was America's uncle, but maybe the best way to say it is is he's America's best friend. And he just has a warmth and uh, a a nature that you can't help but smile when you're around Lee. Everything he's been through, uh, the way that uh, I think the entire show that Game Day has supported him through the stroke Uh, I think has been remarkable. And I think the magic of game day, if I could point to it in one gesture, it isn't the headgear and isn't, you know, Reese and his incredible ability when, when they come on the air, it's Herbie and how he supports Corso. Mm -hmm. That chemistry is so real and so pure. And that comes from years and years of two guys loving each other and supporting each other. Um, listen, I, I love our guys on Big Noon Kickoff. We, we have the ultimate respect for game day. We're building. You know, they have a 25-year head start. We're still telling those stories. We had a lot of fun with a story we did last week where I went down <laughs> to southeastern Louisiana, an FCS school, and I, I did a story on a defensive line coach named, of all things, Tom Rinaldi. I don't know so how we, I, we I to, have to find that immediately now. <laughs> you got, oh. yeah, if you get a chance, I'll hopefully put a smile on your face. Tom Rinaldi, the coach, is, is in his 20s, bald, bearded, tatted, and jacked. So as different <laughs> as you can get from me. Um, so we had some fun with that. Uh, you know, we're, 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 we told the story of Audric Estime and the incredible family journey that he's been through to emerge here as a, a star yeah. at Notre Dame. Yeah. We're still telling those stories. But Lee Corso, just sim- simply said, is a treasure on TV. He, he, and, and, he's, and he's a seminal figure in college football and will be forever. I so appreciate you asking me about uh, it. And I appreciate you going. And I, and I, I do want you to know, wherever you're telling stories, Tom, I'm going to watch Tom Renati tell stories because it's one of my favorite things in all of broadcasting. I truly uh, I appreciate you so much. Thank you. Uh, Tom, it was great to have you working the Ravens this weekend. Where are you guys headed next? Uh, we go to Dallas. For okay. Rams at Cowboys, big noon kickoff as OU at Kansas. And, uh, and we'll have a story there about Dylan Gabriel, who's you know, really emerging yep. uh, and getting a lot of uh, love Heisman-wise, and a beautiful thing that he's done through NIL, uh, sort of honoring a family's legacy while trying to help high school players. So we hope people will check that out at big noon. I can't wait to see it. Tom Rinaldi, uh, always appreciate you spending time with us. Thank you so much for hopping on with us this morning, and hopefully there'll be a, another excuse down the road this season to catch up with you around the Ravens game. Yeah, we, we, we listen, we, we, love, we love Baltimore. 
we don't get to, you know, we, we're in the other conference yep. a lot of the time. Uh, we love Baltimore. So great being with you. Thank you, Tom. Tom Rinaldi, uh, one of the best, truly. I think everybody knows that. They don't make storytellers like Tom Rinaldi, man. He is as good as it gets. And appreciate him spending a couple of times, a couple of minutes with us this morning after uh, he worked the Ravens Lions game. Again, th- it. This is a good thing for me to not have a whole lot to say negatively. I do think the interesting storyline moving forward for the Ravens is he brings up Roquan Smith. The storyline this week is, is there a move? And it might not come until, you know, next Tuesday is the deadline. But if I remember correctly, the Roquan move was the week before. Yeah, it was like... I don't think it was deadline day, if I remember correctly. Yeah, so what? when was it? But it felt like it was like November first ish though. Well, that was next. Yeah. The, the deadline is was that when October thirty no- first this year. So uh, like that would make when sense. When was the deadline last year? Why did I feel like it was in November? I guess it depends what you know, what uh, week. Uh, d- I guess what I guess the Roquan trade was like October twenty eighth ish or something. Traded. Let's see. Um, it was October thirty first. Oh, okay. So I'm not sure. Maybe maybe it was deadline day. Yeah. Wait, it was see. apparently a Tuesday, so it might have been deadline day. I'm not sure. Uh, yeah, the deadline was November 1st last year. Yeah. Yeah, so all right. yes, it was basically. More or less, yeah. it was the day beforehand. So I take it back. It was not the week beforehand. I am a liar. Still, it could come this week. You just don't know. I I think that that's the next interesting thing. Like, how do you look? What Today, it's hard to see it. Today, you're not saying to yourself, boy, the Ravens really need a blank. It's more, boy, it'd be a luxury to have, or could you still upgrade? I've come back. I, I'm not saying I'm wrong. I still think that we could get to the end of the season. There could be one game where the Ravens need one individual play made up front. And as well as they performed as a unit, as much as they've schemed pressure... I, I could still see that being a problem. But it would be, this is the thing in our business, when you have an opinion and the evidence doesn't back up your opinion, to just keep coming back to it and saying, no, I'm going to spit in the face of, of it, my eyes don't tell me that, is the thing that we like to do in this business. The truth is, the Ravens lead the league in sacks of 29. So for me to sit here and keep saying, well, the thing that they're most missing, I can't do it any longer. I can tell you that I have reservations still, that I would still rather be getting, you know, one ass kicker. If there was still a trade to be made for that type of player, I'd still be listening to it. But for me to say it's the biggest issue the Ravens face, I'd, I'd be showing my ass. I'd look like a clown at that point. They've got 29 sacks on the season. Biggest, maybe I default to trying to upgrade at left guard. And the entire offensive line was brilliant yesterday, but I think specifically in the run game, they could use more of a road grader type at left guard. Um, I thought John Simpson has has been okay, but I think they could still use more of a push, a forward push in the run game. Mm-hmm. And so if there was a guard to be had that could help in that process, I think I would listen on that. I would listen about a lot of things. 
I mean, I'd listen about Saquon if if the cost was right. I don't know what that cost is. If the is cost gonna, is right. It's to, a huge if yeah. the cost is right. Because, again, it's one of those, like, I don't think the Ravens are going to be the team that's going to pay Saquon Barkley a bunch of money. So, you know, if you can get him for a rental price, if you can get him, and if you could do a bit where you say, well, we, we get him for a third rounder and we think we're getting a compensatory third rounder back. Okay. You know, that makes all the sense in the world. I don't think that's what the market would be for Saquon Barkley if he were out there. I think there would be somebody that would want his services more than that, although a lot of teams are probably in the same boat. We're not going to pay him, so what is the market? I'd listen about you know safety with Marcus Williams banged up again and the idea that you would like to have Kyle Hamilton play a little bit more slot corner. I'd listen on that. I'll listen about corner depth, that this is the Ravens, and you can never have too many corners, as well as... Everybody besides Griffin sees that Brandon Stevens has played this season. I I, I get it. If you want to try to come up with somebody that you think could be even better than that, if there's a Marcus Peters type that hits the market again, I'm listening on a lot of these things. I'll still listen at wide receiver, I guess. <laughs> I mean, this is the NFL. I don't think you can have too many good ones. I'll listen about a lot of things, but I can't sit here and bang the table and say they are this away. Um, yeah, they're there. That's a- they've got a lot, man. There's a lot to like. There's a lot. Today's show, speaking of a lot to like, it's always a lot to like when it comes to... I was about to do game day again. Yeah. <laughs> Just realized well, I don't need to do game day well, again. You can I did do it. it again, I guess, if you want. There's always a lot to like. <laughs> Watch me. There's always a lot to like when it comes to the Stan the Fan Variety Hour, ah. which is back this afternoon. Stan, Ross, and Luke talking baseball with you at 4.30 ahead of um, a doubleheader tonight, two big playoff games. They'll be breaking it all down, talking some Orioles news. Again, Facebook.com slash PressBoxSports or YouTube.com slash PressBoxOnline for the Stan the Fan Variety Hour live on Facebook this afternoon at 4.30. When we come back in, Clark Judge, Talk of Fame Network. He wrote about the idea, are the Ravens now a Super Bowl contender after their win over the Lions? We'll discuss it with him next. It's Glenn Clark Radio. Why bet with the big boys this football season? Instead, try your hand with the local book, Superbook Sports, this fall. Superbook Sports is the book next door. Just a dedicated team of the best odds makers in Las Vegas, making sure you get the best prices and parlays anywhere. And now, Superbook will give you a bonus of up to $250 when you sign up and wager on the same day and use the promo code GlennClark23, G-L-E-N-N-C-L-A-R-K-2-3. So bet with the best. And use the promo code GlennClark23 this football season with Superbook Sports. Visit Superbook.com for terms and conditions. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. What's up, everyone? It's Tyus Bowser, and I've had so much fun hanging out with Rita and putting up with Glenn the last couple years that I've decided to do it again. Season 3 of the Tyus Bowser Show is happening this year as we'll be all over town, giving you the chance to get to know me and some of my teammates. As we talk football, life in general, and just say what needs to be said, you can find out more about the show by going to pressboxonline.com slash Bowser. If you don't live in the area, you can watch the shows live on Facebook and YouTube. And if you miss one, you can listen Friday nights at 105.7 The Fan. So we'll see you all season long for the Tyus Bowser Show. A partnership of Press Box and Great Ace Memorabilia. The next Tyus Bowser show is Tuesday, October 17th at Mother's North Grill in Timonium. It's brought to you by Superbook Sports and AJ Michaels. And if you or a loved one have a gambling problem, visit helpmygamblingproblem.org. 
picking a restaurant to try for the first time? Let's look at the Costas Inn. Here's a few checklist items. Quality of the food. Check. Quality of service. Check. Does restaurant have plenty of free parking? Check. And finally, does restaurant have delicious steamed crabs, crab cakes, crab soup, and specials galore? Check, check, check. Costas Inn, 4100 North Point Boulevard. They check all the boxes. The Orioles brought us a summer we'll never forget in 2023, securing their first division title in nine years. And while the playoffs ended quicker than we had hoped in Birdland, the future is brighter than ever. I'm Paul Valley, and along with Zach Goodman, we'll be with you on the bat around all offseason, warming our hands by the hot stove. From the GM meetings to the winter meetings to the start of spring training, the bat around has you covered for every trade, signing, and transaction as the Orioles look to revamp and regroup for another postseason run. You can watch the show every Saturday from 10 a.m. to noon at YouTube dot com slash press box online or facebook.com slash press box sports or you can listen to pressboxonline.com slash radio so tune into the bat around every saturday right here at press box what company has the expertise to make your home healthier by purifying your air and killing all viruses allergens and bacteria aj michaels heating and air conditioning in baltimore and annapolis ajmichaels.com The Baltimore County Police Department is now hiring with competitive salaries, including for experienced police officers starting salaries between over $68,000 and over $82,000 based on your prior service time, accepting up to seven years of service times with only six weeks in the academy, minimum of two years prior experience. And police cadets starting salaries at over $32,000 must be between the ages of 18 and 20, but you can apply starting at 17 and a half, must have a high school diploma or GD equivalent at the time of the hire, U.S. citizen at the time of the hire, and a valid driver's license. So if you have a passion for service and want a career for life, now is the time to join the Baltimore County Police Department. Call 410-887-5542 or visit joinbaltimorecountypd.com. Whether your focus is luxury and comfort, convenience and technologically advanced connectivity, or sporty performance and aggressive styling, we've got the perfect Highlander for you. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Highlanders from your local Toyota dealer today. Sure, Glenn may be in his 40s now, but he looks just as good as he ever has, and he's still as sharp as he ever was. And I say both those things without even a shred of irony. Find out for yourself right now by watching the show at facebook.com slash pressboxsports or youtube.com slash pressboxonline. All right, back in here on GCR as we continue along on a Monday edition of the program after the Ravens were victorious, 38-6 over the Detroit Lions. Remember, we're going to do pats on the ass this morning. You can't just say all of them. Get me yours. you got to pick five Ravens most deserving of praise. Yeah, you can't do that. I get it. I understand why you'd want to, but you got to pick the five that you think are most deserving of praise. Rank them 5-1. to one. Remember, on your list, two must be offensive players, two must be defensive players. The fifth can be whoever you'd like, a special teams player, a coach, another offensive or defensive player. Rank them 5-1 to one, with number one being your man of the match. Get him to me at Glenn Clark Radio on Twitter. We will go over ours here in a minute. Joining us now here on GCR, always a pleasure to bring back in a friend of ours, longtime NFL writer, Hall of Fame voter, and at uh, talkoffame2.com today, I see, do we now consider the Ravens a Super Bowl contender? And he's telling you to maybe slow your roll a little bit, but I appreciate what it is that he's saying. He is our friend, Mr. Clark Judge, and he's back with us now here on GCR. Clark, it's Glenn in Baltimore. It's always great to catch up with you, sir. Thank you for taking the time for us. Yeah, Glenn. <laughs> this is an introduction. 
stayed long time writer so long that I actually covered the Baltimore Colts. That's, <laughs> That's correct. I, you know, I always say it instead of saying the other thing, Clark. I'll never be the one to say he's an <laughs> old NFL writer. I won't yeah. do that. I refuse to. Uh, Clark, you know, I, I think what you're saying is relevant. Obviously, as you point out, looking on some of the numbers the last couple of years, it's difficult to talk about it. But I appreciated Lamar Jackson's postgame commentary when somebody's like, hey, man, it doesn't really mm-hmm. seem like you're all that excited about it. And he's like, yeah, it's a regular season win. Like, yeah. sure, we played well, but it's a regular season win. And I, I, one of the things I like the most about Lamar Jackson is how driven he is about trying to accomplish this goal and that he's not going to be overwhelmed by beating down the Detroit Lions. I, I, I come away from it thing, saying this is an emphatic performance. There's everything to like about what the Baltimore Ravens did, but does it guarantee anything for January? Of course not. Yeah, no, that's exactly what I came away with. Because when you hear a comment like that, that's unusual. When when you go to uh, locker rooms as many times as you or I have, and, and you hear something like that jumps out at you, like most people euphoric after a win like that, and they should be. Because as you said, it's everything you would hoping were hoping for from the Ravens yesterday, especially against a quality opponent like the Lions. I mean, we thought the Lions probably, maybe, uh, are, are going to be a, a playoff team. Um, they sure look like they play in division where they're going to lap those, the teams there. And they look really good. They're playing well on the road. They played well the last uh, basically year. I mean, 13 of the last 16 regular season games they've won before yesterday. So um, they come into Baltimore and we go, that's a measuring stick for the Lions. And, and then you get trounced. And so what does it mean for the Ravens? And I, to me, somewhat the, the nationwide response, but, and I understand it, is holy smokes, these guys are loaded they're going to be a Super Bowl contender, and they may be. And, and you know, more power to them if, if they are. I'd like to see them get there. But I just, because I'm, I, I've done this for so long, as I talked to you about covering the Colts, I'm, I'm a little bit um, cynical and jaded and think that, okay, let's just let's let this thing play out. Because I remember years ago when I first started out, a guy from the Denver Broncos said, hey, listen, don't pay any attention to this. And this is when there were 16 game seasons. He said until about the 10th or 11th week, because then you start seeing everyone sort of separate themselves. And when I look at the Ravens' history and Lamar's history recently, uh, it's been cruel to them, honestly. I mean, he's been hurt the last two years. They've faded. They've had jackrabbit starts. They have signature wins. You know, two years ago, they beat the Chiefs. Last year, they beat the Bengals. Both were defending AFC champions. And so you look at this and say, wow, what do we get from this? And I thought what Lamar said was absolutely right. I like winning. But it's a regular season. It just it happens, right? I mean, you can have games like this in regular season, and you have games where you're the Lions and you get destroyed. But that happens, and you move on. So I don't know what it means. I think it certainly shows that they're capable of being that kind of team. But what John Harbaugh said afterwards, I thought was exactly right. It shows you what we're capable of being, basically. And if that's who you are, then absolutely you're a Super Bowl contender. But let's kind of revisit this maybe in late November, early December. Um, Jackson's durability is always an issue. Um, the durability of some of those players, they seem to be, that, that team has been um, snake bit by uh, injuries in, in the recent past. But let's just see where we are then. But to say now, they're, you know, they're a Super Bowl contender, I think it's a little bit premature. I, you know, in, in the world where, like, who is a Super Bowl contender at this point, I, I, I mean, I think what's, what we can say is that they definitely <laughs> at the moment are one of the better teams in the league. To the point, does it matter yeah, who the right, better teams right. in the league right. are at, at Week 8? But I, I think, to me, one of the big stories, Clark, that comes out of the early season is we had waited for a long time to see the Ravens try to a- adapt what they are in their DNA, which, as we know, is a team that wants to play cold-weather AFC North football late in the season – 
to where the league had gone. And mm-hmm. and that, to me, was what was so encouraging for so many people in this town in the offseason was, okay, whatever you feel about the, you know, the success they had under Greg Roman, the NFL is, is it's just not this any longer. This is not the blueprint to how you win championships. And to say, hey, we believe that Lamar Jackson can do this. And I'm not suggesting they should be throwing right. the ball 50 to 60 times a game. I think that would be nuts. But to see a team that said, hey, we've got like this thing called wide receivers. It's a new concept we heard about in this market. I, we haven't seen a lot of that around the over the years. Um, I think that's the really encouraging part is that the thing that we thought they could be offensively, Lamar Jackson is showing, yeah, I can do this. This is not – the thing where I got to throw, yeah, I'm good with that. I can handle that. I have that skill set. I think that's the encouraging part is that they're meeting the way that offense needs to be played in 2023. Yeah, no, I think that's right. And, and I think you, you, you basically have to take him somewhat out of the running game because if you're going to run him 27 times a game, which they have done in the past, he just can't survive. No quarterback can survive, and durability is an issue. But, you know, I, 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 one of the reasons I, I kind of stepped back from this yesterday is because, remember, a couple of weeks ago, I mean, they go to Pittsburgh, and, and, you know, they should have beaten the Steelers. And the Steelers always find a way to win games like that. I'm not talking about against Baltimore, but they find ways to win games that they shouldn't. They shouldn't have won that game, but Baltimore beat itself. I mean, passes right. dropped, the guys were missed. I mean, things weren't ever awry. And I think then we're going, oh, my God, what is wrong with these guys now two weeks later? We're going, oh, wait a second. They're the best thing since Kansas City. They may be. They may be. But um, I'd like to see how Cincinnati's going to come around. That division's tough. I mean, it takes a, it, it takes a beating. Those, anyone in that division it, it takes a beating just because they play each other so often. If you're in a division like De- Detroit, I mean, they're just lapping the field. Same with Kansas City. I mean, Kansas City's playing solitaire in the AFC West. They do every year. Um, that that division's so lopsided. But it looks as if the NFC North is going to be the same this year. That's going to help Detroit going into the playoffs in terms of uh, how they're uh, set for the competition there. But with, with Baltimore, I mean, do we actually know that they're the best team in that division? I'd say right now, yeah, we probably think so. Now, the Steelers hang around. Do I think they're a better team than Baltimore? No, I don't. Um, Cincinnati, um, it depends on Joe Burrow. I mean, if, if Joe Burrow can shake off that, that calf injury, and trust me, I've had that most of my life running, uh, recurring, it's a recurring problem and it's nasty, but it takes a, it takes a long period of time to get over. If he can do that, Cincinnati's always an issue. And then you go, you've got Cleveland, their biggest problems are under center. They, they don't have a quarterback, but defensively until yesterday, they're playing well and they can run the ball. So that division is so wide open, so competitive. Um, I think Baltimore is the best team in that division. But again, as I said, historically, and it's because it's tied to Jackson's durability, you thought this at the same time last year, and you thought this at the same time the year before, and we go, look what happened. Um, if you can keep him upright, yeah, yeah, I, I think they'll be good if you keep him upright. But that's a big if. Clark Judge is with us. Talk of Fame 2 just retweeted at Glenn Clark Radio a link to his column, his judgments uh, this morning about uh, the Ravens and other observations around the NFL. Clark, I was just talking a minute ago that what becomes interesting now is this is a team that has suddenly, under Eric DaCosta, become very aggressive in season at the trade deadline. And the move Mm -hmm. they made a year ago at the moment looks like one of the great moves in Ravens history, right, as they acquired Roquan Smith and the defense completely changed the moment he arrived. If you were looking at this Ravens team, I don't know. It doesn't scream at me that there's one obvious area of need any longer, but knowing their history, knowing how much Eric DaCosta has done this in recent years, 
I, I would think they would still have interest in being active. Is there something that you would say, here's what would make sense to me if I were the Ravens and I were shopping around at the deadline this year? Yeah, I, I don't know the team that well. I mean, I'm not out there every day. But I think just from a, a distance, um, the thing that I've always thought is a marquee running back. Um, and that's yeah. to protect your quarterback, honestly. Um, and, and I also look at the issues you've had with injuries in the past years. But, um, you know, could you get a, a Saquon Barkley, for instance? The answer is no, because at least the Giants have said they're not moving him. But um, somebody like that, you look at what San Francisco did a year ago. They got Christian McCaffrey. And, and I covered that team out in San Francisco. That was a great move because they got Roger Craig from the 1980s and they got Ricky Waters from the 1990s. A guy who can catch the ball, run the ball, produce a ton of yards. I honestly think he should be an MVP candidate because he makes that team really, really complete. Could you get someone like that? And you probably can't, but it's, that doesn't mean you shouldn't try. And, and that's kind of probably what I, I would, you know, go in the direction I go and it probably contrary to what you were saying earlier about, you know, the wide receivers. Yeah. You've got wide receivers who can stretch the field out and who are dangerous. But if you added somebody, not talk about McCaffrey, because that deal like that doesn't come along very right, often. Right. But if you could somehow get a Barkley, someone that you could pry loose, you look at what the Eagles have, you know, they, they've got, they've got a, a cadre of running backs. I mean, Rashad Penny's on the bench. He hasn't even played. Rashad Penny, I, I watched in San Diego State, was a great player. The problem with him is he gets hurt all the time. But when he's on the field, he's terrific. But can you get someone to supplement um, and maybe lead the, the core of running backs you've got now? That would probably be my my biggest interest. Clark, what would be? Let's just say that you know the, the Giants lose to the Jets this <laughs> Sunday. They fall to two and six, and despite everything mm-hmm. they've said, they have to sit and look at themselves in the mirror. They say, "All right, maybe we should listen on Saquon Barkley." Like, what is the? And because it's such a it's a, such a two prong question, right? Like Saquon Barkley yeah. is special, yeah. but this is an NFL where you don't want to pay running backs anymore. The Ravens have re- appeared very reluctant to spend at the running back position. So do you bring him in assuming he's a rental? And I, like, what, what is a reasonable price for someone like Saquon That's a good, Barkley? Yeah, I mean, you have to look at the McCaffrey deal. And, I, and I'm trying to think. I think it was a, a couple twos for him. Um, and, and I thought that was low. But the reason it was is because he was injury prone. Um, and you look at Barkley, and it's somewhat the same story. You know, he's had injuries in the past uh, few years, and, and especially this year. He missed uh, three games before coming back. And then yesterday, I think he got hurt a little bit too. But – uh, when he's right, he, he's special. Um, so uh, I would at least want a, a, a second round draft, maybe a two and a three, something like that. Um, but um, and, and I'm talking about maybe a two this year, well, two in 2024, maybe a three in 25 or whatever. But um, a, a guy like that w- would electrify that offense simply because you go, who are we trying to stop? I mean, we just stop right. uh, Jackson, and we just stop Barkley. I mean, they've got guys on the outside, and and you look at you know Kansas City. They're loaded um, with wide receivers galore, none of whom, now that Tyreek Hill is gone, is really anything special, but they're all they're fast, um, and they can catch the ball, and we know about Kelsey. But they're, they supplement it with a cadre of really good running backs. McGinnis is really good out of the backfield. Um, he's a McCaffrey type of guy, because he's not as good. He can catch the ball well. So um, Saquon Barkley's got good hands, and, and he is productive as a running back. He started scoring a touchdown yesterday. Uh, reception. So um, I, I just think somewhere along those lines, and, and I trust Eric DeCosta. I mean, trusted that front office ever since Ozzie got in there. You look at the personnel moves they made, they're all really smart decisions, especially in the draft. I mean, they, they rarely make the mistakes. So um, if there's someone like that, and it doesn't have to be that particular 
running back, someone like that, uh, I trust that they'll at least explore it. All right, I'll, I'll bring it up because you included it in the column uh, before I let you go, Clark. The 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 tush push, the brotherly shove, the Eagles continue. I've got to be honest with you. I don't know why they run any other plays. Like just, I would just keep doing it every play. Go get your three yards, move forward <laughs> every play. Um, I, I don't. It this doesn't bother. Like this was the, my thing with the shift, right? Like I I get it. Somebody says, well, that's not what baseball is supposed to be. Like I understand, but it also feels sort of like a cop out that no one's adjusted to it. Like, you know exactly what they're doing. You've had a week to practice for it, and you still don't have any sort of answer for it. I, It's hard for me to feel bad for teams or to think that, I, in a way, it seems like banning it is almost a bailout, right? Like, I, I am yeah, in a weird I, place. I agree with you. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I've come full circle because at first I thought, well, you know, this isn't rugby, this is football. Then I looked at it and went, you know, actually, it's brilliant. I mean, what, right. they did, what they're doing is brilliant. You know, if, if you want to stop it, then find some means of stopping it. Kind of like you mentioned with baseball. I mean, I, I love baseball. And I'll be honest with you, I love what the, the Orioles did this year. And the, and the shift bothered me. And then I said, wait a second. All you got to do, you're getting paid millions of dollars. Just, you know, stick out your bat and hit in the other direction. You can't tell me you can't do that. But they didn't want to. Okay? They're stubborn. They're not going to. Well, then, if that's the way it's going to be, you know, we're going to make you beat it. But they didn't. They, they took the shift out. Same thing here. I mean, you find a way of combating it. And if you can't combat it, I'm sorry. I think it's a brilliant move. I do think that there's a uh, movement afoot in the NFL, especially with other teams, to try to get rid of it simply because they can't combat it. As Nick Sirianni said, you know, if others could do it, they would. And I've seen them try it with varying degrees of success. Um, the Chargers are a team I watch a lot because I used to cover them. Um, they had Justin Herbert try it. He didn't get it. Um, you, you saw yesterday what happened when they tried a, a quarterback sneak in with, with, with Pittsburgh. And, you know, Kenny Pickett, he, he, he tries the quarterback sneak, and it, it really it didn't work, but they gave it to him and it was a crucial first, first down. But no one does it as well as Philadelphia. So we go, okay, they've got something to do well. Let's ban it because we can't stop it. No, why don't you try, try to do the same thing? Then, you know, imitate it. Like, come up with something better or find something to stop it. But I, I would not be surprised if if it weren't outlawed in the offseason. I know it's going to come up for discussion, but um, it doesn't bother me either. I, I sort of am amused by it. I, when somebody says it's a non-competitive play, I'm like, well, it's a pretty competitive play for the team that's, that's succeeding. <laughs> like, <laughs> that's right. It's very competitive <laughs> for them when they're trying to milk the clock away against the Dolphins in the fourth quarter last night and going for it on their own 25 Like It seems very competitive to them, Clark. Yeah, they tried it twice yes. on that drive. They tried insane. it twice, and, and you go, you've got a seven-point lead. Well, yeah, but you know what? It's the safest play in the world. And, and I'll tell you, Glenn, it takes me back, and, I, and this is a, sort of a, a long way of going at this and an uh, awkward way of going it, but 1994, I was covering the, the 49ers for the first time. I moved up from San Diego, so I'm covering the 49ers. They're playing the Rams. It's late in the game. It's about two minutes to go. It's third and four, I'd say, and they, um, the Rams have no timeouts. And I think the 49ers are up by three or something like that. And they run a, uh, a play action with a short pass to Brent Jones, first down. So we go down the locker room, and afterwards I saw Steve Young went, what in the world was that call on third and four? He goes, what are you talking about? I said, you put the ball in the air? I mean, there are three things that can happen, two of which are bad. He goes, you haven't been around here long, have you? And I said, no, I haven't. He goes, that's the safest play we've got. Mm. It's safer to me than a run because I know it's nothing more than a long handoff. And it turns out he was right. I covered him for years and realized that was their M.O. It's the same thing with Philadelphia. They're not afraid because 
they know it'll work. They're confident in it. And and it showed last night. Now, if you're getting ready to play the Eagles, I don't know why you're not devising schemes for two weeks. Like coming up with maybe we throw this at them because they're not. They're lining yeah. up and telling you what they're doing. They're announcing they're ahead of time. We're going for the right. tush push. You should have. Man, it's what it is, Clark. We yeah, I, I, I know that they. They're. I think they're forty-one of forty-four That's under crazy, Nick Sirianni. Yeah. I want to know the three teams yeah. or the three times they didn't get it. You yeah. know, I, I sure know don't what remember did those them. Guys do? Yeah, I don't remember any time it didn't work. When you pulled that number out, I was like, wait, it it failed at some point. I feel like you'd be watching <laughs> Haley's comment in that moment. At Clark Judge. Yeah, they probably fumbled the snap. They probably that fumbled the snap. That might be what yeah, right? Whatever. They had to board it. Exactly right. That's the only way it didn't work. At Clark Judge, T-O-F on Twitter is how you follow him. Of course, Talk of Fame, too. Uh, check out the judgments today with a lot of Ravens in there. Clark Judge, always appreciate you, sir. Great to hear your voice. Thanks for spending a couple of minutes with us this morning. Great to hear from you, Glenn. Thanks for the call. Great Clark Judge with us here on GCR. We uh, do talk a lot of Hall of Fame with him over the years, but uh, good opportunity to just chat about the Ravens. I don't know what I'd be willing to pay. Like, if if the Giants lost on Sunday, and that's not a given because they're playing the Jets. I know the Jets beat the Eagles and coming off a bye, but that's still Zach Wilson that you're sending out there, so it's not a given. And then they're just come, coming off a big win over the, the Giants, yeah, yeah, a big momentum-building yeah. <laughs> so. victory, an emphatic 14-point performance. Um, but if they were to lose that game and they were to fall to 2-6 and six and they were to wake up Monday morning and say, all right, let's listen. It'd be a very difficult thing because, to the point, if you're going to pay, this is if you're going to pay Saquon Barkley and keep him around for a couple of years, particularly when you have serious questions about the running back position moving forward. You know, if there's a world where you could do like a two-year extension for Saquon Barkley, then there's probably a larger price. And when you say, you know, it, it was I think it was a second, third, fourth, and fifth for McCaffrey last year. Well, we established that McCaffrey is a little bit different. So the price for this player can't be the price for McCaffrey. Also, you know, you got to sign him. But if you said, say it was a second and fourth, well, you could, again, do the math and say, well, you're going to recoup something, but you can't just give away second-round picks for free. That was the difficult part. Like if you say, hey, we're going to recoup a pick, so that makes up for one of them. It still feels like you're giving away a third-round pick in the process. Well, you'd be willing to do that. I, and I, I'm not doing rough math here. Like, I'd have to add the value of a second and a fourth together, measure it against a compensatory third. It feels like what you're trading off is that you're giving up, like, sort of an early to mid-third-round pick. And if you were going to keep Saquon Barkley for another couple of years, you'd probably say, well, worth it, right? Mm -hmm. Like, if that's what if that's what we're getting for that cost... We can do it. Now you're also not getting the compensatory pick back, so you really are giving up two picks in the process, but you're getting the player. This is all the calculus you have to do when you have these conversations. I'm not I'm not opposed to Saquon Barkley. I don't think it's legitimate. I think the, it's cost prohibitive. But I do think the impact is real. And as we see that the Ravens have had issues, to me, you know, that's why you go try to upgrade a guard, right? Can you find for a lesser cost, is there a guard that's out there that would be an upgrade that isn't helping a team that you could have for a fifth-round pick? I, I just don't know because I'm not, believe it or not, I'm not checking in on all the guards around the NFL. I, I don't know who the guards are. The, I, I don't think you want any of the commander's offensive linemen. 
I'm pretty sure Sam Howell right now is being sacked somewhere. Not that I think that Sam Howell would be a great quarterback. It just If he had a good guard, yeah. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I think he's been sacked like a billion times this season. Sounds right, yeah. Yes, I, I don't <laughs> know if it's exactly that number. Like, I don't know who the Panthers guards are. I don't know who the – I just don't pay attention the same way to know, like, for who the bad – the Broncos won yesterday, so maybe they don't think they're a bad team anymore. I don't know who the Broncos guards are. Is uh, Quinn Miners still there? I'll take Quinn Miners just because I think he's dope. I don't even know if he's playing well. <laughs> but I'll take him just because I like the guy. Who are the Bears guards? They also won a game yesterday, so maybe they don't want to trade away their guys. Um, but, yeah. but, yeah, I get the excitement about Saquon Barkley. It's, it's a cost question that I don't have the answer to. All right. Um, let's go ahead. Why don't we we'll, – we'll take a break after we do. Let's do um, – okay. let's do picks recap. Then we can get into um, Pats on the ass. What? Kevin Dawson is the highest graded guard uh, block it, like in terms of blocking on okay. PFF. So And he was just traded. The Steelers traded him, yeah. obviously, so that's why I think it's funny. He's on the Rams now. I didn't know where he was, to be yes. honest with yes. you. I had he's no on the Rams, and so was. I find that funny that the, How about that? that the Steelers always having problems with their line. Dan Moore still starting. And that, is, that is pretty funny. Kevin Dodson having a good year. Uh, that's a good question, Proctor, who the team, home team is for the Jets-Giants game on Sunday. I, I am not... It's New York. I don't know. I really don't know. <laughs> it's got to be funny too. I wonder if you have to use a different locker. Like, do, do the do the is there a permanent home locker room and a permanent road locker room, or is there a permanent Giants locker room and a per- permanent Jets locker room? Maybe. Yeah, that is. I, I genuinely, is I genuinely don't know because who's ever cared, right? Like, why would th- these teams have been so bad that like why would anyone give a rat's ass about a Jets Giants matchup? Um but I do wonder, like, if you have to go, you, you show up to go to work that day, and they're like, actually, you have to go to this locker room today. They're like, what? I come here for work all the time. They're like, right, but today you have to go to this locker room. I imagine it's awkward, too, for, like, uh, tickets for this week, right? Because, like, you're used to, well, the game's at home. I'm going to the game. And then yeah. they're like, right, you have to pay a lot more for this one. Yeah. Like, a lot yes. more. All right, uh, let's do picks recap. Picks recap. Brought what? Do we have? Oh, I'm, I mean, it wasn't. Let's just keep I, talking about the, yeah. Who's the home team in New York? Sure, it's a much more interesting topic, I guess. It wasn't a great week for me. Let's not let's not kid ourselves. It was fine. Picks yeah, recap. So we can just move on. I, we're not gonna move on. We're gonna do it. We have to do it. But it wasn't. It was. I went. I went four and five. It wasn't. It, it wasn't as bad as you, obviously. But it yeah. wasn't great. Uh, in fact, it were only great weeks for everybody was under five hundred this week except for two people. Um, big movement for our oh that's why Proctor checked in all of a sudden I just realized that <laughs> he had a, his he body like, sense was tingling he was like oh, I feel like it's time it's time for picks feel like it's time yeah big movement for John Proctor and um, some movement for Jeremy Khan first time he's ever made some movement this week so uh, we'll get into that picks recap brought to you by Superbook that's where all the odds came from if for some reason you woke up today and you said to yourself boy I wonder what the Ravens Super Bowl odds are. Well, I'll tell you, they're still only the sixth favorite, according to Superbook. And they're still behind the <clears throat> Dallas Cowboys. It's Those numbers don't seem right to me. Is it just is it a thing that maybe just more people have bet, bet the, Cowboys? the Cowboys? Yeah, I think yeah. that has something to do with it for sure. They're still behind the Dolphins, despite the Dolphins looking pretty piss poor last night. You can get the Ravens at plus 1,400 tied with the Bills and the Lions, who they just thrashed yesterday. 
So you're feeling froggy after what the Ravens did yesterday. Get over to Superbook.com, download the Superbook app, use the code GlennClark23, and maybe get in on a nice futures bet with the Ravens at plus 1,400 to win the Super Bowl. Just for the record, the numbers to win the division, they're at plus 700 tied with the Bills. Sorry, to win the conference. Yeah. They win the AFC. Plus 700. Uh, for some reason, the division odds ha- are locked today. I don't know what that reasoning would be, but uh, such is life. Such is life. Plus 700 to win the AFC, plus 1,400 to win the Super Bowl for the Ravens. Uh, get in. Glenn Clark 23 is the code. When you do, you'll receive a same-day first bet match up to $250. Win or lose. Superbook.com. Download the Superbook app. Use the code Glenn Clark 23 yeah, let's talk about it. Um, the college games. Did you see what happened at the end of Air Force Navy? I did not actually. Oh, not you would be ends. better off not knowing. You'd be better off not knowing. Seventeen nothing game. Air Force respectfully kind of calls off the dogs. Navy marches down, scores a touchdown. It's seventeen to six. Would there be any benefit at all in a 17-6 game with I don't know what the time was left, but it was not like a minute left. Really, this is Would that's how they got six. Any benefit at all to them going for two? Uh, uh, let's see. That would make it an an eleven to a nine. Yeah, no, none, no. There wouldn't be. Guess what they did? <sighs> that's that's what happened. They went for two. Oh my gosh, if man! If they had kicked the extra point, y'all get your cover. They God. went for two and failed. And lost by eleven. That's that's. Oh boy, we know who's not playing for the alums. We know that man, Brian Newberry, no James Franklin. He ain't worried about it. <laughs> Just trying to coach in those moments. Let's go run an offensive play. See if we can't make it work. We know that the extra point group works. So let's see if we can't do that. Oh, buddy. So uh, that was good news for all of us that were on Air Force. Not great news is that one was pretty split between our group. Um, uh, Penn State, Ohio State. That, by the way, that was one of the three games Jeremy Kahn got wrong this week. So he could have had a seven and two Jeez. week, too. Penn State, Ohio State. Yeah, never believe in Penn State. Uh, Drew Aller stunk. The Ohio State defense is very good. And Marvin Harrison is obviously is otherworldly. Um there's an argument, particularly after Michael Penix stunk this week, there's an argument that Marvin Harrison's the best player in college football. And it'll be interesting to see how that continues to unfold. Because Washington played so late on Saturday night, I mean they were ter- they were dreadful. Right. They got a, a they won fifteen to seven. They, and they got a pick six that like oh, they, I mean they okay. were they were awful against Arizona State at home on Saturday night. Um it's like, a little let down. It's okay. It was enough that I had like an idiot, I stayed awake. I'm like, man, they might lose. But instead, I was just up until 2 in the morning watching. <laughs> Washington watching, win. Watching to win anyway. Uh, but. Diehard Washington fan over here. Yeah, sure. Anyway, that game was also split. Myself, Griffin, uh, Kyle, Casey, and John from Little Rock were all on a Penn State. Never, ever trust Penn State. Don't do it. They lose 20-6. Yeah, clearly. God. And then uh, this one was interesting as well, as Duke was actually leading yeah. Florida State until Riley Leonard came out of the game. And the moment that they did, Florida State was able to turn it all around and pile it on en route to a 17-point victory and a cover. So missing out were Ryan Shell, Andrew Stecka, and John in Little Rock. That will be the last time I win. Oh, yeah. boy. Oh, 
boy. Well, I mean, not you won on Thursday night in the yeah. NFL game because you had yes. the Jaguars. But right. Yes, so for the, the weekend. Rest of the weekend. Uh, yes. That Sunday you went over is the point that you're trying to make. Yeah, the Thursday night game. Um, Jacksonville didn't look great. They tried to blow it, but ultimately they recovered in just enough time in order to uh, win. And so they were they were dogs. Uh, we were split on that one. Uh, good good call from Jeremy Kahn and John and Little Rock as they were on Indianapolis. Some drama late, including some controversy about a penalty that aided the Browns on their final drive. Boy, the Colts, they were the victims of a questionable late call, huh? <laughs> really feel for those guys, you know. That's terrible when that happens, isn't it? When the Colts are involved with a yeah. controversy. Against the Browns, I mean. Late call. Yeah, I, mean, I don't feel good about yeah. it. Like I don't want anybody to win in this process. They all stink. But uh, ultimately, the Browns not able to cover the two and a half. They only won by one. So John and Little Rock and Jeremy Kahn steal that point. Speaking of controversy, as we referenced earlier, Kenny Pickett falls a foot and a half short of a first down on fourth and one. And, and just give him an extra yard anyway. And the officials are like, let's just give it to him. You're like, okay, well, th- the good news is we have replay to make sure we get these things right. Oh, we're not allowed to d- do that because you've used your timeouts. So, yeah, too bad. So sad. I, I, I'm i in a weird place with this, right? Because, like, bad calls happen all the time in football. To me, there's a difference between a questionable call. Like, what happened at the end of Indianapolis-Cleveland is a questionable call that probably went the wrong way. Because it's, like, supposed to be a judgment kind of play. What, what happened at the end of Pittsburgh-Los Angeles is the type of procedural error that, like, Congress should re- should take back your antitrust agreement if you're not willing to fix. And I'm and I know that sounds over the top, but legitimately, it's pure incompetence. The challenge system has always been nonsense. We've just accepted it. It's we're so used to it that we think it's normal that the coaches are supposed to officiate the games. We're, we're we, we we like getting kicked in the nuts. Getting kicked in the nuts is the best. It's awful. The officials should officiate the games, but we leave it up to the coaches to officiate the games. You want the calls right? You've got to risk whether or not it's going to hurt your team. It's bat s, And it's always been easy. And at every other level of football, it's proven how easy it is. In college football, we have a system. Hey, that call was probably wrong. Let's stop. Let's quickly make sure we get it right. The NFL, making sure we get it right, is somehow a bridge too far. Getting the calls right? <laughs> what, what do you guys think this is? How Professional much did you put football? on the Rams? No, I didn't put any money on the Rams. Okay. I, this is, anybody who knows me knows how much I've harped about this over the years. It's nonsense. Nonsense. That the coaches have to be responsible for getting the calls right. It's bat-ass. It is as clown shoes as it gets. And yet we just continue to accept it because we're used to it. Because for as long as replays existed, it's what we've had. For all of Griffin's life, he's experienced it. And because, with the time, it was better than the alternative, which was no replay at all. Just everybody on the planet can see it. Everyone in the world knows that wasn't a first down. For the league to continue. I get it. Judgment calls suck sometimes, man. But at least you can go to bed with like, hey, it's a judgment call, and that type of S happens throughout the course of a game. 
for it to be sheer procedural buffoonery that allows a game to be determined. And I have no idea if the Rams would have won or not. But it don't end like this. This is 2 plus 2 equals 5, and someone failing their math test because they said 4. This is just sheerly wrong. This is calling somebody for 12 men on the field when they actually had 10. It's it's poppycock. The NFL has failed over and over again at the easiest thing in the world. Just make sure procedurally you get it right. The fact that we can't fix the pass interference stuff is embarrassing. But again, we tried. It didn't work. I I don't know how you're going to get that fixed. This isn't hard. In any other circumstance, you would go back and look at it again and say, ha, we really, we really boofed that one, didn't we? And in fact, comedically so, so that if, if they had called it on the field a first down, or sorry, the other way, if they had called it short on the field, they could have gone back and looked to see if they were wrong. Because a turnover on downs is technically a turnover. And all turnovers are reviewable. It's nonsense. It's the rule is all the way up there. What do you want me to do? Get a ladder and go up and change the rule? And it goes away. There's something else that we're going to yell about. Not the entire country was watching the game yesterday. There's like no Rams fans on the face of the planet. So who's going to scream about it? The team that took advantage of it? Nobody's going to lose their minds about it because there are no again if there was a fan base in Los Angeles maybe they would scream bloody murder like the Saints did in the playoffs a few years ago. But something else will happen next week and we will have moved on. We'll go back to yelling about the tush push. That's what we're going to do this offseason. We're going to get rid of a play because the team that executes it is too good at it. But the thing where we try to get the calls right, we're just going to keep saying, <laughs> "Sorry, we can't get the calls right." Who has the money for that? In this economy? You want us to officiate the games properly? No chance. And it just continues to be an utter stain upon the NFL. And again, I'm not asking for every judgment call, every you know body weight on the... I get it, man. Some of that, there's just nothing you can do about it. Two people can watch the same play and have two different opinions. We know because we see Dean Blandino have one opinion about it, and then we hear the official come out and have a different opinion about it. There's room for there to be differences in opinions when it comes to certain penalties. But what there's not room for is this obviously did not happen, and for you to have no mechanism by which the entire world can see your failure, and yet you can't fix it. It it is... This is the type of thing that leads people down the road of football is pro wrestling. I don't think yesterday's game was fixed by any stretch of the imagination. It's just embarrassing. And again, the Steelers' defense is pretty good. They might have just gone back onto the field and gotten a stop pretty quickly. But that's how you win the game. You don't win the game by a phantom first down that didn't happen because... 
sorry, we're not allowed to get the calls right. It's nonsense. But it was also nonsense because I picked the Rams. Matt Canada. I don't, I don't really care. Looking good. Yeah, yeah. Coming to life. Yes, Fourth quarter Matt Canada. You know, yeah, that's, sure. what they, that's what they call them. We were split on a lot of games. There was not a whole lot of – there were like five and six on most of the games this mm-hmm. weekend. Uh, Kyle Proctor, John Little Rock, Andrew Stecka, and Jeremy Kahn were all, in, were all on Pittsburgh on that one. Uh, Kansas City, not particularly threatened. I mean, it was never like a blowout necessarily, but there was never a moment where you actually thought the Chargers – Oh, here come the Chargers, yeah. Never felt that at all. And part of that, I think, is just what we know of the Chargers. Like, they wilt in these moments. That's who they are. That's in their DNA. They kind of clearly I, – I, they are a couple weeks away from Staley not making it through the season. Although, again, they don't have a fan – that's the awkward – I don't know how this works when you don't have a fan base. When, like, nobody roots for you. No one covers the team. <laughs> like, who who yells to fire the coach? Like, who would be yelling? I, I don't even know what they do on L.A. Sports Talk Radio. I assume just talk about the Lakers the entire time, like and Notre Dame and the Yankees and all of the favorite teams they have. They probably do a lot of Cowboys on LA Sports Radio. Like, what what do they do? Who would yell for Staley? It would require someone to care in order for them to be worked up about firing Staley. But I assume they have to do that. Um, it obviously has not gone well for Justin Herbert this season. How much of that's his fault? Their O-line stinks, which is a little bit surprising. I thought Rashawn Slater would really give them a boost in that department. A lot of bad. But um, Kansas City covers myself, uh, Andrew Steck, uh, Proctor, and KZ were on the Chiefs. Uh, Miami, not no. not really all that competitive, to be honest with you. Like I, I know it was tied in the second half after the pick six, Another egregiously awful call with the face mask that wasn't called. And then the ball don't lie moment of the pick six right afterwards. You're like, ah, that feels good. But then nothing from Miami the rest of the way. I mean, nothing. And that that looping interception that Tonga Vailoa threw was horrid. I mean, just awful. A lot of people pointed out that, like, if you can take Miami out of the run game, this is now the story in both their losses this year. When you're able to play too high – they're not the same team. Um, you know, we'll see. I guess A-Chan has to be out for another week, right? The, I think it ends up being two because their buy is Oh, because wait. they have a buy in there as well? Yeah, I think yeah, right. it's three weeks because two okay. two more weeks and then their buy is week 10. All right. So, All right. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, they, they, they were not – they did not look right whatsoever. Philadelphia wins that one again. We were pretty split on that. Jeremy, Ryan, Nick, John, and Little Rock, and John Proctor all get that point. And then not a lot of bullishness about the Ravens. <laughs> Jerry made it his play of the day at ConcreteLocks.com. Wow. He well, was feeling very good about the Ravens. Should have been listening. Clearly should have been. That uh, The Mars record against the NFC really held up, didn't it? The London thing, I guess, isn't a factor anymore. Like the Jags are, came back. At least are just fine. Oh, yeah, but the Bills haven't looked right since they got back from London. So is it? Maybe it's the extended London trip coming home. You it works. have to you have to go for a long time yeah. if you want to be okay after London. Maybe I don't know, man. And to win in London, weird, weird bit, weird bit. But uh, Jeremy Khan gets that point. So did John and Little Rock, and Paul Valley got that point as well. So as I said, only two of us were over five hundred this week. Big week for John Proctor. Huge movement. He goes seven and two, wow. and is now just one game back of Ken Zalis atop the table. Jeremy Kahn finally gets something as Ryan Shell had a tough week. He only won three games. Jeremy won six. 
So Jeremy's now back within 14 of Ryan Shell at the bottom of the table. Everybody else went um, four and five, except for Ryan and Andrew Stecco, who went three and six. And then, and then that was that was yes, it. That right? was it. That was yeah. it. All right, cool. Break. Griffin went two and seven to fall to 32 and 37 on the year, and God. he drops only to a game in front of Ryan Shell. All of a sudden, he's got to start thinking about what Jeremy's doing every week. Since rough. yeah, since I was rough. since I was in first place, whatever week that yeah, was, it's been a free I've been, fall. It dude. has been. I've not been good free at all. Free fall. Um, six of us are over five hundred. Paul Valley's only a game under five hundred, and then there's um, there's Griffin and Ryan. <laughs> and then there's them. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right, again, playing for a little bit of cash at the top of the table. At the bottom of the table, more importantly, playing to avoid the beating the one that has to come in dressed like the Notre Dame mascot. Consuming blood sausage, haggis, and tripe, as well as a Will Levist-style Irish coffee with plenty of mayonnaise. Also having to take an Irish dance lesson, performing said Irish dance, and then singing both Nothing Compares to You and Zombie. That's what's at stake. We'll get that up a little bit later on. When we come back in, we will chat with Jeremy Khan after he made a little bit of movement this week. And uh, we'll still get the pats on the ass. That's all on the way. Glenn Clark Radio. Come for a game, stay for everything else. Book an unforgettable fall getaway in Charm City. Enjoy only in Baltimore festivals, mouthwatering eats, and endless entertainment. Treat yourself to a staycation in the heart of downtown or try one of the city's many charming neighborhood hotels. And don't miss out on packages for free parking, breakfast, and more. Plan your stay at baltimore.org slash hotels. Why bet with the big boys this football season? Instead, try your hand with the local book, Superbook Sports, this fall. Superbook Sports is the book next door. Just a dedicated team of the best odds makers in Las Vegas, making sure you get the best prices and parlays anywhere. And now, Superbook will give you a bonus of up to $250 when you sign up and wager on the same day and use the promo code GlennClark23, G-L-E-N-N-C-L-A-R-K-2-3. So bet with the best. And use the promo code GlennClark23 this football season with Superbook Sports. Visit Superbook.com for terms and conditions. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Six chicken tenders made from fresh, never-frozen Royal Farms world-famous chicken. A family-sized order of Western fries, honey mustard dipping sauce, and a two-liter bottle of Dr. Pepper. It's Royal Farms' new Tucker's Tenders Meal. It's Justin Tucker's favorite, and at only $19.99, it'll be your favorite meal, too. The new Tucker's Tenders Meal, available only at Royal Farms. Now you can kick back, relax, and eat like a champion. Real fresh, real fast, Royal Farms. Gambling can be a fun and entertaining experience, but there are risks involved. If you're planning on betting on the game at the casino or on your phone or computer, know your limit, stay within it. Set a budget and a time to stop. Remember, gambling isn't a financial solution and it doesn't mix well with alcohol or drugs. Know the risks and have a plan before you begin gambling. For free and confidential services, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org. What's up, everyone? It's Tyus Bowser, and I've had so much fun hanging out with Rita. 
and putting up with Glenn the last couple years that I've decided to do it again. Season three of the Ties Bowser Show is happening this year as we'll be all over town, giving you the chance to get to know me and some of my teammates. As we talk football, life in general, and just say what needs to be said, you can find out more about the show by going to pressboxonline.com slash Bowser. If you don't live in the area, you can watch the shows live on Facebook and YouTube. And if you miss one, you can listen Friday nights at 105.7 The Fan. So we'll see you all season long for the Tyus Bowser Show, a partnership of Pressbox and Great Ace Memorabilia. The next Tyus Bowser Show is Tuesday, November 7th at Guilford Home Brewery in Station North. It's brought to you by A.J. Michaels, Superbook Sports, and HelpMyGamblingProblem.org. What company has the expertise to make your home healthier by purifying your air and killing all viruses, allergens, and bacteria? A.J. Michaels, heating and air conditioning in Baltimore and Annapolis, AJMichaels.com. Make the most out of every day in your Toyota RAV4. Available in hybrid or gas-only models. A RAV4 can get you where you want to go in style. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new RAV4s from your local Toyota dealer today. Make sure you're tuned in every Tuesday for Pressbox Fantasy Football Analyst Joe Serpico to get you ready for your Waiver Wire Wednesday, brought to you by Live Casino and Hotel. And if you have other fantasies you want fulfilled, subscribe to Glenn and Jeremy Kahn's OnlyFans page at... Wait, are people supposed to know about that? All right, back in here on GCR as we continue along on a Monday edition of the program. If you have not picked up the print issue of Pressbox, go get it right now on the cover. The survivors, the four position players that uh, were holdovers from the Dan Duquette era that ended up playing a big role in the Orioles' resurgence. Anthony Santander, Cedric Mullins, Ryan Mountcastle, and Austin Hayes. Again, go get that right now for free at your neighborhood Royal Farms and the hundreds of locations around town where you find Pressbox Read it all at PressBoxOnline.com. Finally had a pretty good week in uh, our league, and now I wonder if Ryan Shell's starting to get a bit nervous as there was a three-game swing this week. Griffin's definitely getting nervous. There was a four-game swing there. He is our buddy Jeremy Kahn, Big Bad Morning Show, 105.7 The Fan, ConcreteLocks.com, and he's back with us now here on GCR. What's going on, buddy? How are you? What's up, man? Yeah, it was a good week. Uh, Ravens were my lock, so once I saw, I saw that. that on the sheet, uh, I knew that would be there because it's the Ravens game, but um, loved that one, and overall, it was a really good weekend for me. Saturday hit a ton, Sunday hit a ton. So, are, are you uh, yeah. Are you aware, I just told uh, Griffin about it, are you aware of how you guys missed the Navy Air Force cover? Yes, yeah. Uh, I saw it. Just unreal. I was, yeah, and it, I, it's... I was working on uh, I was working on Saturday, so I'm leaving the game. I was working the football game at Stevenson. I'm leaving the game, and I've got it. I've got uh, my friend uh, Pete Medhurst on the radio, and um, I'm listening. And I'm like, "Oh, son of a bitch! There, it's gone. It's over." And then all of a sudden, he says they're lining up for two, and I'm like, "They're doing what? <laughs> they're yep. doing what?" For what reason, you know? Oh. Just, well, it, like the the extra point doesn't matter either. So, I, right, but. and that's so that's what I said a minute ago. They're like Brian Newberry's probably thinking I can just work on coaching up a play and then treat it like yeah. a practice sort of situation into the, the game. But still, ah, oh, mana from heaven. But if you watch that game, Navy had no business being in it. It's oh, not like sure, Air Force sure. did much either. Like right. they had a what was it a ninety three yard touchdown pass, and it yeah. wasn't like the ninety three yard that you think. It's like yes, hey, I'm rolling out, and everybody comes up, and I dump it over, and then the guy just takes it the rest of the way. It was so. sort of like the Gus Edwards thing from yesterday. Yeah, it was sort almost of like identical. That. Yep. 
I'm not sure exactly how to talk about the Ravens. It's a, it's a weird thing, right? Because it was an amazing performance. But we also know this is the NFL, and there are some days that just, you know, things don't go your way, things do go your way, and it's almost, it, it's weird. I feel like I should be treating it as though it was a bigger deal, but I also feel like we kind of know better than to do that right now and to just say, hey, it was a damn good performance that's as valuable as however they follow it up. It's weird because I'm going to say something that most people won't understand. A day like yesterday should frustrate the hell out of Ravens fans because, I mean, it just shows you the talents there. They didn't do that to the, um, uh, you know, the Tennessee Titans. Uh, they should have done that to them, but they didn't do that to the Tennessee Titans. They did it to the Detroit Lions, who had the number one defense or number two de- defense, depending on where you're looking, coming in here. So they like it's not just one aspect of the game. They dominated it in all facets and. They're very capable of doing that to anyone, any team in this league, at home or on the road. So, um, yeah, it's frustrating when you see that because you know they can do that every week. And, you know, hearing Todd Munkin today kind of talk about it or yesterday after the game saying, you know, we're, we're finally hitting our stride. Like, I saw some of that. I didn't like some of the play calling last week in, in uh, London. But um, that being said, you know, like, it, it was just – it was almost a perfect game. It really was. I mean, it was, I, you know, you had to really nitpick, right? The fumble, you'd nitpick. You'd maybe nitpick Odell Beckham running backwards a couple of times, but you're nitpicking in order to have any problem yeah. with it. We're now nine days out, and the Ravens have been active at the trade deadline the last couple of years, Jeremy. What what would you do? What would you be looking for if you were Eric DaCosta over the course of the next nine days? It's pretty weird, right? Because, like, I said all along, like, a uh, pass rusher, but right now they lead the league in sacks again, and here we are with a group, and then the, the story comes out about them kicking the tires on Dominic and Sue and possibly coming in as well. Um, I like that route. I don't even mind the route. Like, I've heard a lot of people talk about it, about making the big splash for a wide receiver, and I know that's another thing where you go, well, do they need one? I mean, what's going on with Bateman? Is he unhappy? Is that another swap you could make and possibly upgrade yourself in a position, um, depending on who you would bring in? You know, like – I think there are a lot of options, and I think there are depth things to consider as far as if you want to look at cornerback, if you want to look even at safety or offensive line. It it feels weird saying this, but, like, the Ravens have been active around the trade deadline, so I do think it's something we should be talking about quite a bit more. What about Barkley, right? Like, I know the Giants have said no, but let's just say they lose the Jets. They're sitting at 2-6. and Would you, at what cost? Give me the whole thought process with Saquon. Well, I love it, but I think that's also, um, you know, it's like, that's like the icing on the cake or the cherry on top. I don't like it's nice to have it, but I don't know that I need it. Um, it it's all a matter of what you give up, right? It's not about the finances for this year. It's about what are you giving up to get uh, a running back first off, and then a guy that could probably help change your future. You know, like you, he's he's often hurt, but when he's healthy, he's shown you. I mean, you saw it yesterday. He's a special player. Um, so like, I wouldn't have a problem with it, but ultimately it would have to be, what are they giving up to get it? What would you, so, okay. So what to you, right? Like the, you're, you're the one you make the call. This is the, this is as much as I'd be willing to offer for Saquon Barkley at this point. Yeah. I'd have no problem with like a, a third round pick and yeah. maybe a player swap or something, you know, if there's somebody that they're interested in, uh, I'd have no problem with that, but like, I just don't want to give up more than that for a running back rental. So and I still I'm think at. that's a lot to give up. Well, and I'm also in the weird place of like, what would it really cost to do a, bo- a deal with Saquon Barkley? That's the part that I can't figure out right now. Like, well, what, you know, what the Colts were saying with Jonathan Taylor, they didn't find fair leverage in trading for him and, or a fair value. And, 
you know, they were asking for Jalen Waddle in a first round pick, <laughs> you know, like, um, I don't know what they'd ask for Saquon Barkley, but it would alleviate some of the stress that they have of paying a running back because they wouldn't have to worry about that anymore. But now they're still replacing, you know, what would be a need for their team after that as well. So let me, let me, so Saquon Barkley, Jonathan Taylor's deal was three years, 42 million, correct? Mm-hmm. If that's what, if the Ravens were to trade for Saquon Barkley, having nothing set whatsoever at running back moving forward, would you be opposed to the Ravens doing something similar, a three-year, $42 million type of deal for Saquon Barkley, if we kind of assume at this point that's really what market – I mean, like, the $20 million running back probably isn't happening any longer. Like, th- those days are probably yeah. gone. Um, and I don't know – like, I'm assuming that Barkley would put up a stink about it and would fight and say, I'm, you know, I'm going to go to free agency, I'll do the, the, the Taylor thing. But if that's what it costs – three years 42 maybe three years 45 in order to make him feel good would you be willing to go there with Saquon Barkley I I mean look I think that's fair I think it's definitely a fair deal for a back but uh I don't know that if I were running the Ravens I would probably say no like that's not where I want to go but you know if that's what was made available to me and I'm looking at this season and I think we have a realistic shot of winning yeah I think I'm going to try to do everything I can to help this team out and move forward and I don't think that's game-changing or, you know, team-changing money or anything for a running back. Um, it's, it's more about the length of years I think you give them than, more, than you know, the actual money per year. Uh, that would concern me more. But a three-year deal, I'm not worried about that. Yeah, I don't, I don't, like that, I, I'm really struggling with this because when people ask me this question, I'm like, I, 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 I'm okay with it. I'm not saying no, but I don't know how to have a strong take about it because there's so many layers to it. So I'm trying it's, to. It's almost it. like you should be asked about a team you don't care about. Like let's say let's say the Steelers were going through this right. and they needed a running back. Right. If you were running the Steelers, would you make that move? Because then you probably because like as soon as you get you, you think about Saquon Barkley being on your team, you're like, well, damn, that is kind of exciting to have those right. two guys in the backfield. You know, like there's there's a lot of benefits to it but you also have to look at all the other things that can go wrong or that right. could affect and, you in the salary cap or and whatever. you add that he's been hurt uh, you know a lot mm-hmm. over the years and you, you have to i get that you have to consider every layer to it but I, I am can the ravens just keep drafting running backs moving forward can they just keep trying i guess they could but boy it helps when you have special out there like it can't hurt you to have special out on the field um if you're giving $15 million, $14 million per year to Saquon Barkley, does that mean that you're going to lose Justin Matabike? Uh, you know, I, I think a lot of us have made peace with the idea they're going to lose Patrick Queen, which is a bummer because Patrick Queen's been unbelievable. But, you know, probably the way that it's going to work is he's going to price himself out of Baltimore. So could you take that money and, and shift it over towards Saquon Barkley and sort of say, well, that's kind of comes out in the wash, right? I thought was you were losing Patrick Queen anyway. I trust the Ravens to find more inside linebackers. I'll take a special running back. But if the answer was, yeah, if you sign uh, or you trade for and sign Saquon Barkley, you might not be able to sign Justin Matabike. Well, all of a sudden you're like, ah, I don't know how I feel about yeah. that because he's been well, an all-pro this yeah. season. I was just going to say, who's the next guy to get paid on this team? Because to me it's probably got to be Matabike. Um but like, who is the next guy to get paid? Like, it I, is kind I, of a I, so the the three guys that'll all be up at the end of the year: are Queen, Matabike, and Geno Stone. And like, I mm-hmm. I love what Geno Stone's doing. I know yesterday was was kind of opportunistic, right? That it wasn't like a particularly yeah. great play, as much as the ball was thrown but the wrong counts, way. You know, yeah, like it, all that counts for yep. him. You know, like so. Um, so I love what he's doing, but I certainly don't know that I'm confident that you're paying like real money to Geno Stone at this point. And if that 
costs Geno Stone, you probably live with it. You already have a lot of money sunk in Marcus Williams. You need him to play. I, I, I think you can live with it. Of the three, look, I think Patrick Queen's been great, but I also get it. I think of the three, the guy that's like you have to, come hell or high water, this has to end with Justin Matabike back in Baltimore moving forward. Like, they yeah. have to keep him around no matter what. If they've got to tag him, if they got to go through the thing, if this guy continues to play this way, this is this is Haloti Nada-esque levels of special that we've seen from Justin Matabike this season. Yeah, seeing the pressure up front now, too. Like, it's, it's one thing to just do your job as an interior lineman and to help in the run game. But, like, when you can start adding in pressures and then even sacks, it, it totally changes everything that you can do on that defensive line. It's crazy. It's crazy, man. Jeremy Kahn is with us here on uh, GCR on a Monday edition of the program. All right, let me cover a couple other things with you. How do we, how do we talk like adults about the Taylor Swift thing? Like, I, I, I'm trying, I'm struggling with this because it's so easy to do the thing where you say, oh, this is so stupid and, you know, the Chiefs are unwatchable. And it's so easy to do that as the immediate reaction to the over-the-top nature of it. And trust me, I rolled my eyes as much as anyone at all of the coverage of her and Pat Mahomes' wife having a secret handshake. I mean, I rolled my eyes plenty. But how do we talk about it like adults? Like, how do we find the room between, yes, it's over the top. We also understand the league is trying to court, you know, Taylor Swift fans and get them to like football. Like, what? how do we have the adult conversation about all of this? It's a, it's a little weird um, because – I think part of the problem that we inherently have is that we look up at that, that suite that we know she's going to be sitting in and she's just surrounded by people that we genuinely don't like, right. whether you want to talk about Brittany Mahomes or Jackson Mahomes, like how many talks did Patrick Mahomes have to have with Jackson about not asking her to be in a TikTok video. And God knows how long they took to, to work on that stupid ass handshake they did, but maybe we're blowing it out of proportion. I don't know. But the one thing that like, I've heard people say the conspiracy theorists kind of get in there and say, I'm, I'm concerned that the NFL is going to give all these calls to the Chiefs because they know how important it is to have Taylor Swift there. And, and then I used to think about that, and I go, it's stupid. And then I went, is it? Is it stupid? Like, I, you know, I could, see, I, you know I, I could see a situation where you're getting some favorable calls in the postseason, and then we get more Swifty uh, television. But, like, to be honest, it's – we're the ones that keep talking about it. I know the announcers are, but if we stop talking about it, maybe it goes away. I don't know. The NFL social accounts have certainly gone way out of their way to, to well, that's why I think it adds some validity to that stupid ass conspiracy theory. I just threw out like it's, you know, like they've gone all the way in to try to help out with it. I I am. It's, it's a difficult thing for me because I trust me. I don't like it. It's too much. It's, at the same time, I am trying to be understanding of it. I am trying to get the idea that, like, we don't want to alienate. Like, we know that there is a – whatever the group of people is. that In, in the NFL's minds and CBS's minds yesterday, nobody's tuning out of the game because they're talking about Taylor Swift or showing Taylor Swift in a box because they're also showing the football game. And everybody tuned in is going to stay to watch the football game. So, the, like, I, I don't I, – man, I – I feel like I'm walking around, you know, the spider webs at the moment. Like I feel like I'm yeah. trying to dodge laser beams here. I do feel <laughs> like there's a a way to have this conversation about the over the top nature of it. Like I thought it was shameful for the NFL to like change their profile picture on social because to your point, 
that is what allows it to creep. Like, are you playing favorites? Like, you're are the Chiefs, the team that you want to win because you want there to be more Taylor Swift. You want that? That's not okay. Like, Ooh, I don't. What about what about Taylor playing? I know Usher's doing it, but what about Taylor playing the halftime show? No. Does Kelsey come out at halftime to watch her perform? Right. Oh my God, there's so many great talking yeah, points. So many wonderful talking points. At the same time, like I, I really do feel like we we do embarrass ourselves when we go all in. Like, well, this this makes the it's unwatchable. It's dude, wait, wait, it's a football game, man. Like people, famous people yeah. have watched football games before, and we've shown them watching football games. Like we embarrass ourselves when we go to the umpteenth degree to talk about. Like it's like you have to prove how manly. We're. Oh, I hate the friendship brace. Like Jesus Christ, dude, get a hold of yourself. Like there is room well, put, between these two things I, for conversation. I was gonna say I went and saw her ex-boyfriend perform on Friday night at uh, CFG Bank. So oh, you went John to the nineteen seventy. He didn't oh, bring her yeah, up the one. other one. Sorry, yeah. I thought that wasn't nineteen seventy-five in town recently too. Maybe they played DC. They're, Maybe that's no, they're what they coming were. soon because I'm going okay. to see them as well. Are so. you really? I like. Yeah. I used to like them. Like that record that um, that Chocolate was on, and uh, well, the two uh, albums that they put out were great. The last one though was some sad bastard shit, man. Like that was. was oh uh, maybe god! I, gotta... I remember being excited about it too because I dig all of their like pop fun tunes. And uh, yeah. we sat in here one morning after the show, and I remember like forcing uh, uh, the intern and everybody to listen to it with me. And I was like, "This sucks. Like this is <laughs> this is some sad s." I feel like I've I've gotten there, I, and I am not. I'm going to say this. I don't think admitting that you went to see John Mayer is embarrassing by any stretch of the imagination. I think John Mayer is talented. I oh, he's amazing. I wouldn't have any interest in going to a John Mayer solo show though. That wouldn't do anything for me. How? Oh, uh, it was awesome watching him pick the guitar and tell us how he plays it, and just you know showing us some things and merging songs, and kind of like I I, just, I don't know. Like I I've, I've always liked him and. Uh, I found it interesting, like kind of seeing some of the things and then the different songs he could play solo. So maybe I'll take you to an Ed Sheeran John Mayer. No, there is no that that is a bridge too far, Ed Sheeran. I I won't do that. I'm in a weird place with John Mayer too, where like I liked John Mayer music, and then when he started doing the sad bastard stuff, like when he, I I just I I think there are people that do that well, and even though it's not a genre of music that I like, I can enjoy it. I don't think these people do the sad bastard stuff well. I think it's more off-putting when they do it. Well, I'm like, eh. The one thing you'll appreciate, though, like everybody had talked about it, and I knew that he made the funny faces when he played. Yeah. I didn't realize, like, how ridiculous it got. Like, he got, like, totally, like, clay face. And, like, I guess when you're when you're doing the, like, that yeah, type of sound, and you yeah. try to get that. You can only make goofy faces when you're doing it. So, I guess that's you true, know, but right? It like, kind of weird. Yeah, yeah. How do you come off stoic in those moments? Yeah, as he's pulling away from the microphone and his face looks like he just swallowed an entire lemon, you know, (laughs) what's going on, man? Um, You, I know you shared, everybody in the world had fun with uh, uh, Tom Pelissero. Oh my God. Over the weekend. What, what is, do you remember a particular faux pas that you have had? During your broadcasting career, do you remember uh, any? Do we have enough time? <laughs> yeah, but I mean, like one, one, like they, we all say dumb things. I mean, like the genuine mistake, like the words didn't come out right, and you ended up saying, you know, the what's the what's the the disc one when every when everybody struggles with oh, saying yeah. what, what is it when like, what's the disc injury that everybody bulging disc. Bul- thank you. Yeah. When everybody says bulging dick, right? Like because yeah. they're trying to say bulging disc. Have you had one of those types of moments? 
Uh, yeah, I've had plenty of those. Like, I, I there's a couple that stand out. Like, I've had the um, instead of saying uh, ground ball double play, I said ground play double ball. Okay, yeah. and that kind of that kind of stuck for a while with yep. me. Yep. Um, I had. Uh, uh, I know I dropped an F-bomb on the air by accident and tried to catch myself when I was talking about Michael Phelps at one point. What, wait, um, how, did, how did you, when you say drop, okay, uh, hang on a second. When you say by accident, because this happened to me once uh, at the old station, when what was the terrible mascot that the Preakness introduced and the guy? Oh, that's the guy Kegasus. that tried to. Kegasus. Uh, yeah, and he, he kind of gave me the Heisman the one day. My buddy did was he, like, hey, take a picture with Jeremy Kahn. And he goes, I don't have time. And then gave me the Heisman, <laughs> and, and I went, I didn't even want a picture with him, and I still feel like I got that uh, guy, slighted. That guy <laughs> thought he was bigger than Mr. Splash. Like, that guy <laughs> thought he was some King S. And I remember being turned – every layer of it turned me off. Like, it was it was a D.C.-based thing. It was clear D.C. marketing. And, yeah. like, because at the time, the Preakness was still spending money with everybody in town. We all had to talk about it. Like, you know, oh, it's so great. Get your Preak on. We all had to do that thing. And I don't know, one morning – you know, you know how morning radio goes. Like, I, I got no sleep. I had, I just was not interested. And Drew was still trying to like sell the no, this is great because they were spending money with us. And I finally yeah. just had it. And I'm like, it's an effing centaur. Like, what does it have to do with the pre? It said it in the other way. Like, what does it do with the preakness? It's an effing centaur. And I said it, and then I started screaming like, dump it. <laughs> Stop yeah. it! And Drew's doing the bit because you have like ten seconds where he's like, "Oh, maybe I won't." Um, yeah. And so, like when I say I said it accidentally, I didn't really say it accidentally. I purposely said it. I just yeah. like my mind stopped working for a minute. Like my brain shut down and forgot that I was on the radio. And I just said what I said, which was truly how I felt. And I to this day, it was one of the dumb. Like it was so just small so- brain, pea brained s. Um, but my yes. best one and the hardest I ever laughed was when I was doing, I, it's still funny saying, like I'm doing my pillow reads. And uh, by the way, just the worst company what, to ever what try a, to do. What a good guy. What a, yeah. Around. I mean, you find out after the fact, by the way, that guy money. Just so you understand, they paid fifteen hundred bucks a month for me to do commercials man, for him. So man, I was man. like, I'm yeah, a, I, I might do commercials for Trump himself at that number. Yeah, and it was ridiculous. But any time that their numbers were down, they're like, hey, we want you to do a a couple of months for free and just until we get our numbers back up. And I'm like, no, I'm not doing that. But, but anyway, you'll remember this. Uh, we had the, the uh, Gary Thorne where he screwed up. And instead of saying they were uh, in striking distance or hitting distance, he combined those oh, two. Yeah. for Yes. Yeah. Yes, you, you get it. And then we were immediately laughing about that. And then I had to go into a live read for my pillow where it talked about shipping distance oh. and, I, I didn't say shipping and then I lost it. I just, uh, I couldn't gain, like I did a three minute commercial for him. Just, it was just me laughing my ass off. Uh, so as I couldn't say it. Only, but, I, only anyway. I didn't say fudge. It was that situation. Yeah. Man. Like, right. One of those. And then they had to use out. the soap in the mouth. Ah, yeah. That's, I didn't, I didn't, I did not know that one. That's a good one. That is a good yeah. one. There's no doubt about it. All right. Um, anything else going on in your world? What do you want to talk about concrete locks? Yeah, I mean, look, uh, no, it, it was a good weekend over at Concrete Locks, and uh, just trying to piggyback off of that. Like, we get the baseball games tonight. It's just some of these lighter days that make it a little bit more difficult. Like, it's weird telling people, I don't like anything tonight. It's like, well, we're paying you to like something. Right. So, right. Uh, some days you just don't like games, and it's better to take the day off. 
Well, yeah, there's only a you know there's only hockey and a couple of well there are the two. Well, there's four games tonight. You got two baseball games, an NFL game, and an NHL game. That's it. Yeah, there's not a lot to choose from. That's a great point. Uh, Where's the WNBA when you need it, right? Right, Siri. What are we doing here? At Jcon Sports yeah. on Twitter is how you follow him. ConcreteLocks.com is the website. Uh, appreciate you, brother. Big Bad Morning Show 1057 The Fan. We'll talk to you again next Monday, all right? Anytime, man. See you, buddy. Jeremy Kahn with us here on GCR. Appreciate him taking the time as always. All right, let's get into Pats on the Ass. Pats on the Ass brought to you by your local Toyota dealer and by Toyota.com. The Toyota Tacoma comes in a range of models and trim lines, so you can choose the perfect Tacoma to reflect your unique personality and driving habits. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Tacomas from your local Toyota dealer today. Five Ravens, two must-be offensive players, two must-be defensive players. Rank them 5-1, to one. number one being your man of the match. Uh, the second defensive player was tough for me. Like I think there's just plenty of choices, and there's plenty of choices everywhere, right? Like yeah, I I mean f- picking two was t- like I j- like you know I wanted to pick all of them. Yeah, I mean that's a picking. I wanted to pick all of them basically on the field yesterday. Yeah. I, picking which coordinator I was going to put on the list was difficult to do, right? Like it was difficult. A lot of this was difficult. Everything besides number one was difficult mm-hmm. this week. Um, I chose Roquan. You know, I just thought he was a monster again. He is a monster. He's unbelievable. Plus, I kind of bought into apparently they really liked his pregame speech. <laughs> I don't know. I picked Roquan. Whoever you picked, I'll probably be fine with it. Um, yeah, I had Roquan until the show started. Then I realized, no, I think I want to go with. So Roquan missed my list, unfortunately. Okay. But I went with Todd Munkin right here. Um, yeah, he was definitely he, higher on my list. Um, I mean, yeah, you can script the opening drive. He somehow scripted the entire first half. More and, or less. And, uh, yeah. The offense looked amazing. Yeah, so, he is. Todd he Munkin, is. despite the hat. Uh, yeah. Okay. He's higher on my list. Uh, number four is Ronnie Stanley. He speaks on behalf of the entire offensive line, but, you know, since he was the one that blocked Kirby Joseph into the harbor on <laughs> the only play of the game where the game was in doubt, there was one play the entire game where there was any doubt about how the game was going to go. That was the fourth and one, and he came out and just mauled Kirby Joseph. So... Considering that was the only time where the game was in doubt, he gets to speak mm-hmm. for the entire. I mean, I thought Morgan Moses was great yesterday. Yes. Um, I got no problem with just about anybody who makes the list. But the again, there was one play during the game where the game was hanging in the balance, and he was. You can say that Lamar ran it in, but he was the star of that play. So Ronnie Stanley's number four. I then I I went without any offensive lineman on my list. And <laughs> I don't know how. I put Mark Andrews right here. I he, he continues to be a red zone threat. And yeah, I mean I, I'm not I'm not telling you I'm it's it's shameful or anything like that. On National Tight End Day, we should have known sure, it was going yeah, to be sure. a Mark Andrews. I mean, day. it's fine. I, I, I he couldn't be over the the offensive line was so dominant and so brilliant yesterday that I couldn't make a list without an offensive lineman, but. Whatever. I mean, everybody was good. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna scream today. I don't have it in me. Number three, Justin Matabike. Um, be fine with somebody having him slightly higher on the list, but goddamn, man, like he's just he's playing so out of his mind. It's it's crazy. Matabike number three. Uh, I put Arthur Millette right here. Thought he had he had a pretty good day. I mean, you know, this was he had the he had the, he was cover he had great coverage on that fourth and eight. This was right after the Lions picked up their first first down of the game and might have had any slight of momentum, and uh, you know he helped force <laughs> down the, like twenty one. And he nothing. had a sat. Yeah, well, who? I mean, we've seen the Ravens blow 21, uh, 21 point leads. Not not twenty one. No. What was we've the, seen them blow ten points against the leads. Dolphins? Okay, that was the last time we've seen them do it yeah. once. Uh, like, yeah, it happens. Okay. 
it happened once. He had a sack in there. He was part of the pass rush. It was, you know, Millette had a great day, He's as well as the rest of the fine. defense. Not number three. I mean, like, it's fine. Arthur yeah. Millette. He was. He could have been in consideration for number five, but number three is way over the top. Whatever. I'm not gonna do it. You're not gonna get me to. I'm gonna save it for when it's when it's bad, and then I'm gonna end the segment. Uh, number two is where I find Todd Munkin. Uh, just just spectacular, and it was difficult actually because you know obviously you could point out Michael McDonald absolutely deserving yeah. of it. But the story yesterday to me was more about the offense setting to the tone for the defense than it was the other way around. Um, it, the offense came out firing on all cylinders on the first drive, and that set the tone for the football game. So to me it was – they were both great, but offense just a little bit ahead of defense. And, and you know, they knew this was – because they won the toss, and they typically like to defer. Well, but that was about the wind. That, that was, was, more that about, was the wind. about the wind. Mm-hmm. And I do think that was smart strategy. I, I – I, in, in attempting to set the tone for a game to say let's go with the wind in the first quarter, let's come out, have everything on our side. Now, somebody might say, well, aren't you a little bit more concerned about the half where you stink? <laughs> like, shouldn't you prioritize that? Maybe, but worked out fine. Yeah. Uh, Munkin's my number two. Um, this is my second defensive player, so it was really tough to leave off. After you, you, we mentioned Roquan. I thought Oduff Owe had a pretty good day um, and, and helping to – Caused some pressure. Uh, I had to leave off Geno Stone and Justin Matabique as well. I put, put Kyle Van Noy. I, I, putting here. Van Noy on your list is fine. Having leaving Matabique off is was, nonsense. He was right there. I couldn't. I, it, right was, there. it was tough. Nonsense. I went with Millette and Kyle Van, Van Noy. Two two tackles for losses. Two sacks. I'm, putting two Van Noy on hits, the list is fine. Big There's, part of the pass rush and making golf fine. uncomfortable. It's fine as it's, everyone did. It's a it's a it's not a good list, but. If there was a day where you can get away with it, I'll give you this. Van Noy. I'll give you this day that you can have a bad list on this day because there were a hundred options. Um, look, man, you know, number one, what what else are you gonna say? Keith Mitchell came in. <laughs> Good change of pace. God damn, that was the speed is there. You're very, you know, there's only so many ways to say that Lamar Jackson was great. He was otherworldly. He was superhero-ish. He was – it was breathtaking, and it'll be interesting. I didn't check. Maybe I'll check right now the old Superbook eyes to see uh, where the MVP – nope, yeah. they have frozen that one as well. It looks like at the moment he will be their fourth choice whenever they make that live again. So only Mahomes, yes. Tungavailoa, and Hertz would be in front. Elsewhere, but I'm also seeing fourth choice about do you want the odds and what it will likely no, be. We are Superbook people okay. here, so I don't want that. Okay. Sorry. I mean, I understand what you're trying to do, but it's just you know we're not going to advertise for anybody else. We are going to uh, oh, just say other books. I, I know what you're doing, but Superbook is the only one that matters. Remind me to check it tomorrow. Uh, hopefully, it'll be unlocked at that point. I don't know why they would have locked it today. I mean, like, I guess Brock, Pur- Brock Purdy, they're waiting for Brock Purdy's performance tonight because he's the fifth choice on their list. Why is he fifth? Is he? Uh, to me, I mean, it would be McCaffrey. Like if I had a 49er on the list, McCaffrey. This is, but this, is this is the eternal eighth. It looks like McCaffrey. this is the eternal. Um, it it can only quarterbacks are allowed to win the yeah. award. Jared Goff is still top ten. Like we 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 just that's all MVP is is just take you know all the quarterbacks from the good teams and line them up. To me, I, as well as Brock Purdy has played for the most part, that's all well and good. You saw last week who the MVP of that team is, and if they're the MVP of the team, they should be consideration for MVP of the league. I, it, 
this is again some of this big brain stuff, man. Like can't get the calls right in football. Not allowed to. Only allowed to give MVP to quarterbacks. We're not allowed to think about other positions. It was like the year where the Bills' offense stunk. They suddenly added Stephon Diggs, and they were the greatest offense in the NFL. And we weren't allowed to talk about Stephon Diggs as being an MVP candidate. Everything else was the same, except for the addition of one player. And yet when I said, why aren't we talking about Stephon Diggs as MVP, the only answers I get back was like, I don't know. It's all groupthink, baby. We are no longer capable of having legitimate conversation and discourse. Brock Purdy is not the MVP of the league. He should not be in this conversation. Christian McCaffrey should. He should. 100% he should be in the conversation. I could argue that Tyree Kill should be in the exact same place as Tua Tungavailoa should be. I, I don't think Tua Tungavailoa has done his job better than Tyree Kill's done his job this season. I don't think that Tyreek Hills had to overcome Tua. I think Tua's played well. But I think Tyreek Hills should be in a more significant MVP conversation than he is, as much as I don't like the person. Jalen Hurts, I mean, I'm good with that. Like, I think Jalen Hurts has been great, does it with his legs too. Mahomes. If you want to tell me that Travis Kelsey should deserve to be in the conversation, yeah. I'd listen to it, but I still think Mahomes, you know, given what he's working with at wide receiver. He's, like, not even in the conversation for Offensive Player of the Year. It's just goofy to me. And, like, yeah. that was the thing, too, is, like, maybe Offensive Player of the Year will be the award for non Like, my God, man. Like, can't we well, just... it is. What, yeah. Can't we just think? Like, why is it asking so much for us to just be capable? This is like, you know, Griffin always wanted to put Lamar Jackson on the list whenever they, the Ravens lose. Like, we're just all, we, we don't, there's no thought processing. It's just quarterback. Like, we don't know how to talk anymore. We're all babies flapping our arms around. Like, let's talk. Let's have a conversation. What's actually happening with these? Why are these teams good? What do you think I can get Arthur Millette at Defensive Player of the Year? Jesus Christ. You having a good year? He's having a fine year. Just saying stuff. Um, I don't know. But Lamar Jackson, I, I, I don't know. I, I don't know how this is going to go. It tends to be that you just watch to see, you know, which quarterback or which team holds on for the longest, and then that quarterback will be MVP of the league. But Lamar Jackson is playing like an MVP. And if his receivers hadn't betrayed him so badly in Pittsburgh, he might be right there neck and neck with Patrick Mahomes at this point for MVP. It's insane how well Lamar Jackson has played this season. He's, of course, number one. Yes. Okay, very good. <laughs> I was waiting for you to try to screw that up somehow. Tyler Linderbaum played pretty good, too. You know, I like I like seeing him get trying to get in a fight. We need that guy you know, sure. there in the front. Sure, I'll take it, 100%. In a, in a 28-0 game trying to get in a fight. I like that. All right. Um, uh, John from Little Rock. The Chargers and Brian Newberry have gone from my to my gambling graveyard. <laughs> but why were you betting on the Chargers, John? That's kind well, of picked them. That's not really on them. them. That's on you. And the Brian Newberry thing. Again, he did the and right betting thing. on Justin Herbert. Did the right thing for his team. I respect that about him. He's not worried about you degenerates out there. Well, he should be. He's worried about his team, and that's what matters. Next that's time a, he's on, that's a good man right there. That's a good man who made a good choice. Uh, John Proctor, all the Johns checking in this morning. 
Uh, John Proctor said, you say nobody cares about the Chargers, but what about that lady? I guess there's they, they, what a what a country we live in. That lady shows up at a football game, gets internet famous, and then Buffalo Wild Wings pays to fly her to Kansas City the following week, and presumably pays her on top of it in real money. What a what a country! This like, is this, Marianne, a, that lady. The, who, you think I know what her name oh, is? The lady from Internet Football, right? Yes, the that Chargers lady. Okay. That was like, her what name. other lady would there be? Of course, you know what her. Of course, Griffin knows what her name is. Yeah, she won. You know, she was used. She was using up her fame. You know, saw her name going around. Sure, Marianne. If you say so. More of a ginger man myself, but <laughs> God, actually, I actually was more of a Marianne man. If I'm being honest with you, I was always, I was always Team Marianne. Um, I don't know. I, I don't, I don't hate her. Like God bless you. Hate more Taylor or oh no, or that's this the thing. Girl. Like God, God bless you. If somebody's willing to pay you money, I'm not knocking the hustle. It's just like I just can't help it. Like she didn't do anything. We're talking about her like she's a she was a, she watched a football game. That's not a skill. This is this people, is people still think she's a, this she is a content plants. creation now. This is the uh, whose content do you enjoy? The guy who shares other people's contents. That's the content creators that we like. Those are the people that we follow. Dove and... Those guys. <laughs> and the local level, the people that are sharing someone else's content, that's the content that we enjoy. That's who we subscribe to. Careful. I, my, I just... I just... This country ain't for me, baby. Where are you going to go? I don't know. <laughs> it's the whole planet, probably. I don't think there's anywhere. I think it's time. We should, should go up to Canada. Is cover it, the it, Toronto it, Ar- Ar- ah, Argonauts. all in on the Argos, baby. <laughs> All in. This is who we are as a people. This is what we do. We're all in on the Chargers lady. We can't just let it die. We can't just say, hey, that was fun to watch her expressions, but that's not a skill of some sort. It was just a unique anomaly, and then just move on. I did not know We've that she came back. We've got to F that chicken again the following week. That's how it works. Hey, here's more of this lady. Doing what? Is she going to perform songs? Is she going to? Does she have a nice impression set that she's going to do? Does she have a a tight five minutes of stand-up for us? No, she's just watching a football game. Watch her watch a football game. That's not a skill. It was neat for a night, and then it was over. But we can't do that here. This is what we do. We don't skill it. the, The talented musicians, no. Watch someone hit play on their their iPad. Pay lots of money to go see this person hit play and pretend to play the saxophone. That's that's what we do here. And I understand Griffin's like, hell yeah, we do. Well, hell yeah, baby. It's a good air sax. Go watch that guy pretend to play a saxophone. (laughs) They available where? I'll pay double. I mean, if he's good at it, yeah. Like Jesus. And I'm the one. I'm. Old man yelling at a cloud. I like people that have skills. I want to watch the actual funny people. Like no, you're just jealous right. that you didn't get put on TV when you went to the Ravens game back when I, you used to go I, to Ravens. God, games, what cheering. I would give for that to have been a career path for me. What do you have to do? Nothing. Okay, sign me up. I'm good at. She's got to be locked in all four quarters. This is Proctor also uh, calling me out for my language this morning. I did say both clown shoes and poppycock. I'm very, I'm, you know, and I'm sorry. 
wait i said i didn't want to do name calling uh, anymore uh, right. you're right I, you know there i was using a term like poppycock ah <sighs> shameful uh did you want to do a lot is that why you grabbed the paper is because well you felt yeah like we, you wanted i thought to i lost it and then oh okay yeah. well th- go ahead we're here now well hopefully you didn't bet with me this weekend yeah, i hope not but if you did, FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino in uh, Hotel Maryland, they have the answer because you can turn those losses into winning opportunities with the second chance to win promotion between now and January 4th. All Live Casino and Hotel Maryland rewards members will be able to enter their losing bet slips into the second chance to win drum in two nights a week. 20 different winners will be chosen prizes, prizes ranging from Live Casino and Hotel Maryland apparel, sports and social ultimate happy hour prizes, plus cash and free play worth up to $500. Drawings will be held every Thursday and Monday over at the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel Maryland. Adirondale Mills must be 21. Please play responsibly for help. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER. Tidbit and Tubo next. It's Glenn Clark Radio. The latest edition of Press Box is available now. On the cover, Todd Karpovich profiles the Orioles' survivors. Anthony Santander, Austin Hayes, Cedric Mullins, and Ryan Mancastle, who all came from the previous regime but stuck through tough times to be key pieces in guiding the franchise back to prominence. Also inside, we remember the iconic Brooks Robinson with tributes from Jim Henneman and myself, Stan the Fan Charles, and a trip down memory lane to remember the most significant moments of his career. Plus, we meet players from college basketball programs around the state. Press Box is available for free at over 500 area locations, including 60 Royal Farm stores, and you can always find the entire edition, as well as the best daily coverage of the Orioles, Ravens, and Terps at PressBoxOnline.com. The Baltimore County Police Department is now hiring with competitive salaries, including for experienced police officers, starting salaries between over $68,000 and over $82,000 based on your prior service time, accepting up to seven years of service times with only six weeks in the academy, minimum of two years prior experience. And police cadet starting salaries at over $32,000 must be between the ages of 18 and 20, but you can apply starting at 17 and a half. Must have a high school diploma or GD equivalent at the time of the hire, U.S. citizen at the time of the hire, and a valid driver's license. So if you have a passion for service and want a career for life, now is the time to join the Baltimore County Police Department. Call 410-887-5542 or visit joinbaltimorecountypd.com. Gambling can be a fun and entertaining experience, but there are risks involved. If you're planning on betting on the game at the casino or on your phone or computer, know your limit, stay within it. Set a budget and a time to stop. Remember, gambling isn't a financial solution and it doesn't mix well with alcohol or drugs. Know the risks and have a plan before you begin gambling. For free and confidential services, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org. Picking a restaurant to try for the first time? Let's look at the Costas Inn. Here's a few checklist items. Quality of the food? Check. Quality of service? Check. Does restaurant have plenty of free parking? Check. And finally, does restaurant have delicious steamed crabs, crab cakes, crab soup, and specials galore? Check, check, check. Costas Inn, 4100 North Point Boulevard. They check all the boxes. Six chicken tenders made from fresh, never-frozen Royal Farms world-famous chicken, a family-sized order of Western fries, honey mustard dipping sauce, and a two-liter bottle of Dr. Pepper. It's Royal Farms' new Tucker's Tenders Meal. It's Justin Tucker's favorite, and at only $19.99, it'll be your favorite meal, too. The new Tucker's Tenders Meal, available only at Royal Farms. Now you can kick back, relax, and eat like a champion. Real fresh, real fast, Royal Farms. Come for a game, stay for everything else. 
Book an unforgettable fall getaway in Charm City. Enjoy only in Baltimore festivals, mouthwatering eats, and endless entertainment. Treat yourself to a staycation in the heart of downtown or try one of the city's many charming neighborhood hotels. And don't miss out on packages for free parking, breakfast, and more. Plan your stay at Baltimore.org slash hotels. Don't forget about Project Game Day after every Ravens game this season. It's kind of like this show, except Rita's also there, so I actually think it's pretty good. But hey, you're already here now, so why don't you go ahead and keep listening to GCR. Was this uh, this a female-driven decision? Was this a John John Colson, the most worshipful grandmaster here at Press Box? Go ahead. I I went to see John Mayer. You also went to the John Mayer show. I did it because a friend... Your, Your opinion about John Mayer in general is what? Uh, I I sort of liked his early stuff. Yep, and I thought it was fun, and I thought it. Was, I think he was very talented. super talented. I kind of dig because I I, I kind of dig that he does the Grateful Dead yep. thing. I thought that was cool. Yep. So I was hoping maybe the concert would include a little of that vibe. Like maybe you know I don't know whether that crosses over or not, but it was it was um. It it was three hours. I'll never get back in my life. So you did not have the same experience that Jeremy Khan had. I. It's part of my fault because I really don't but you deeply you know his went, catalog. You say went with a buddy. Like, this is a dude that you went with? No, 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 no. A buddy offered me the tickets oh. for 50 bucks a piece, and they were really good seats. And so you did you So take, I grabbed the two tickets. So you went and you and went I, with? I went with the female. Yes, okay. All right. Did she have a? Was she interested? She felt in the it? same. Hmm. Was she a John Mayer fan? Um, Moderately. Okay. All right. I mean, she enjoyed it. We both enjoyed it. It just wasn't. I I have seen John Mayer. It's been years. But yeah. In the, in the early, I mean, I went. Trust me, I've I've done dumber things with women. Um, I had a, a couple of different women in my life who were like, "Let's go to see John Mayer." In fact, one time, me and a buddy went to see John Mayer. That's a true story. At the arena years ago, Chris Appel and I went and saw John Mayer together because we were both like, "Dude, I don't care what people say. I like John Mayer." And so we decided we were going to be like, we were the only pair of dudes that were there at the John Mayer show. And then he decided that there being like. We looked around, we're like, huh, really is just not a lot of bros coming out to the John Mayer show. But I, I, I'm not, no, this is years upon years ago. I mean, this is tw- yeah. almost 20 years ago we're talking about at this point. So I say that to say, if somebody had said to me, what night was this, Friday night? Yes. Hey, do you want to go? I got two tickets to John Mayer. I'm not using the other one. Do you want to go? My initial inclination would be like, yeah, all right. If I got nothing to do, I'll, I'll go to yeah, John Mayer. Yeah, that's kind of what I did. But if they had followed it up by saying, it's him and an acoustic guitar, I would have said, yeah, I'm out. I'm No, thank you. So, no, I'm, I'm So good. what bothered me the most is it gets probably 80% through the concert, and, and people that are into him are way into the concert. He is. He's a great musician. It was His guitar playing was fantastic and all that. And then he sort of announces to everybody, he goes, you, you know those songs that, y- that y'all heard on the radio? Those songs you heard on the radio? Well, you're not going to hear them tonight, with the exception of maybe one or two. And that's because that's I have to grow as an artist, and I appreciate everybody for, for accepting me for my artistic... F out of For here. accepting my artistic um, viability and growth, and, you know, I love you all. And I'm like, woo! I'm like, woo! And I was like, no, I just want to, dude. I just, and he played a couple of them, but, but yeah, yeah. I, I, it's like going to see you two, and they don't do their stuff from the, from the, you know, first album, the Red Rocks I'm concert, not, not, and all that. I, the words for this are going to escape me. You want to do that tour? That's fine. Maybe don't charge hundreds of dollars for the tickets. 
maybe you say, hey, like, this one's the one for me. I'm going to go do a, you know. A, well, it was sold out. So. Oh, I know, because <laughs> I have I have had this conversation before. I went to saw the, see the Counting Crows again this summer, despite the fact that I know better. Yeah, yeah. I lo- The Counting Crows mean a lot to me in my life. They were alongside me for many of the great moments of my life. Like, the Counting Crows are a, an, an, an act that has been significant for me. But, like, maybe the fifth time that I saw Counting Crows was probably the first time that I realized that Adam Duritz hates his songs. Yeah, like, it's... hates them yeah. with a passion. And is going to play some bastardized version of... He'll play the songs, but he's going to play them the way that he wants to play them because in yeah. his mind, he's Bob Dylan, and that's what Bob Dylan does there to There was some songs. of that, too. So I know better, and yet I still go see the Counting Crows every time because that's how much their music means to me. And at some point, I just sort of accepted it. I was like, look, man, it's what it is. He's going to do like some weird slam poetry version of Mr. Jones. Whatever. The band will play it. Slam poetry. I swear to God, John, it's exactly what it is. So I can deal with that. But then I walk out, and I think to myself, what about the person that's never seen the Counting Crows? Like what about the and they're, 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 that was me they that been, was me they at John been waiting. No, but you weren't this because you weren't like waiting your whole life. Like what about no. the person? <laughs> and, I, and I always say this, right? Like a lot of people can't afford concert tickets anymore. Correct. What about the person who's like, this is the one expense that I get to have all year is going to see this artist that I like. This is my only. Like we kind of scoff at that because we're like, well, you know, come on, what? But that's real for a lot of people. You know, you're a single parent. You got a couple of kids. You're working. Like, this is it. This is the one night you get to have all year to go out and have some fun and let down and hear your favorite artist play all the songs that you love. And then they're like, hey, we're not going to do that. Sorry, you came out to hear me play uh, I Want to Run Through the Walls of My High School. Get the F out of here. Here's 12 songs you've never heard of. Exactly. Yeah. It's just like the, the, the... I will say CFG Arena. Oh, it sounds... Incredible. The sound yeah, is incredible. The incredible. vibe is incredible, and it makes me feel really good about Raven Stadium because yeah, you be- put the upgrades because in. It's, no, it's actually more expensive than Raven Stadium, so it makes the Ravens seem cheaper for drinks and whatnot. <laughs> okay. Okay. All right, that's a different world. But, but that's the, a different world. Yeah, I hate that man. It really drives me. And I, like, it's funny too. Twenty-two dollars for a mixed drink. I, my friend Jimmy Haha, who I love from Jimmy's Chicken Shack, right? Yeah. Like. Hey, he would always talk about how much he hates playing like do right and i'm like dude what yeah. like, a lot of people like that song bro a lot it's of people played it love a it. million times so i had years ago when i first got to phoenix in 20, 2006 i was an obsessed everclear fan growing up everclear, right? i yeah. loved everclear and i get this note they're like hey um van wilder 2 is coming out of <laughs> the theaters and they want to bring by cal penn who of course played taj yeah. And they want to bring by Art from Everclear, who has a song on the soundtrack. They want to bring him by the studio. And, I'm and like, you were thrilled. I'm like, are you effing kidding me? Like, first of all, Cal Penn was a a, yeah. a, hot, a movie star at that point in the world. And so, like, you're bringing in a viable movie star and one of my favorite musicians on the planet, the studio. Like, holy S, this is a big deal. So um, I'm very excited about it. And unfortunately, my co-hosts were not there that day. It was just me. And so I'm like, wow. And at one point, I'm sitting in this room with Art from Everclear, who once pulled me... When I was 16 years old, Art from Everclear once pulled me on stage. Really? Yeah. Oh, God. I have. So, you Everclear, were like Courtney Cox? I was like Courtney Cox in the Bruce Springsteen video, 100%. Dancing in the dark. The yeah. whole deal. Nah, he, it, it was better But it than didn't that. launch you it's the same way it launched It's funnier than that, her. because the song he was playing... <laughs> 
the song he was playing was called Loser. <laughs> oh, God, yeah, of course. So, yeah. It was pretty fitting that I was the guy that got pulled up. My fat buddy and I got pulled up on stage. Loser. Um, we were the perfect choices. We couldn't have been any better. I ripped my shirt off. It was a whole thing. Anyway, moral of the story is, so I'm in, I'm telling about how much it means during a commercial break. And he said, well, are you going to have me play songs? I'm like, I was hoping so. And he was like, good, I brought a guitar. I'm like, oh, my God. I'm like freaking out. I'm sitting in a room, and it's just me and art from Everclear and Cal Penn. Um, but, like, I am losing my mind about this. And he says, what do you want me to play? And so I'm telling him, like, my favorite Everclear songs. And he's like, aren't we on the radio? <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I'm like, yeah. And he said, don't you want me to play Santa Monica? Yeah, that's. And I said, well, I kind of figured that you were sick of playing Santa Monica. And he looked at me and he said, I have a house because of Santa yeah. Monica. In Santa Monica. <laughs> you think I'm ever going to be sick of playing yeah. Santa Monica? And I was like, wow, that is incredible. Like, I, Smart. I very much appreciate that I thought agree. process in comparison to, you know, I don't want to play the songs you like because I'm a tortured artist. Yeah, like, that's exactly dude, that's what he said. On, Show up at a coffee shop on yeah. a Friday. Like, just yeah. show up somewhere. Yeah. Go to an open mic night. Get your stuff. You're asking people to pay extraordinary amounts of money to come out for a night. Maybe play the songs that people like. And I just went to see my favorite band, which is probably the last time I'll ever see them because I've never felt so old and young at the same time that I might have been one of the youngest people in the entire building. Who is this? Little Feet. <laughs> oh, I wanted to go. Did you go to Hot August? Yeah. Oh, man, I wanted to go to that. Yeah. I really regret not going because I do. I love Little Feet. It was. Yeah, I imagine it's probably a very old audience. I imagine it's not a lot of young people there to the Little no, Feet show. No, no. Oh, man. But really old, like Walkers I am, and stuff. So I had, you kidding. know, I was invited out. You know, there was a big uh, uh, rock festival out in Vegas this weekend. Yes. And I was invited out to it. Ooh. And I had said no because the I was afraid that the Orioles were going to be in the ALCS. So that. That felt doubly good when the Orioles got eliminated. That I missed my trip to Vegas for the uh, when we were young festival. I felt really good. Uh, I saw the watching pictures. everybody posting all. I saw their, the pictures. So yeah. many of my friends out in Vegas this weekend posting pictures. These music of, festivals for older folks are becoming a huge to oh, do. Yeah, the thing that happened in Ocean City. Ocean's calling. Yeah. went off well. It's such a difficult doing the weekend in the fall. I got so much going. No, on. I agree. But the I'm lineup just saying, was amazing. These things didn't exist. No, no doubt. Right? You know, this is a whole new genre. Well, there was people there that was been H, to festivals. There was yeah. HF Festival. That's what we yeah. had. That was what we had. Yeah, for but years. There, but nobody went to festivals before that. Now they're playing off of that and bringing them back. For well, you weren't you weren't at Woodstock. I could have sworn that. You yeah. Were. Well, <laughs> Start doing that, man. Start doing that, <laughs> nah, man. Nah, come on, we're man. Doing it, Woodstock, you sure? Okay, All right, what yes. do you have? What do you have? What do you have for us? Uh, what do I have? We have Tyus coming up uh, in, in another two week. Weeks two weeks. Tomorrow. Two weeks. We're after, not yep, doing Halloween. Not Halloween. We're gonna do the seventh. We'll Halloween. be back at uh, Guilford Hall Brewery in Station North for the next Tyus yep. Bowser show. Pressboxonline.com/slash/bowser. Brought to you by AJ Michaels, Superbook Sports, and HelpMyGamblingProblem.org. All those things. Yes, that's what we have. Anything else? It's all good. No, I think we're set. We got. I think we're set. Whatever I can do for you, John. Go to pressboxonline.com and look at stuff. Look at stuff. Just click things. Yes. Any things at all. Just click click many things. Spend (laughs) then leave the website and come back up for a while. Yes, and then wander back. And then go to countysportszone.com. Oh yeah. Oh, I think we're starting that tomorrow. Oh good. Good. That dude's really county. He's a Wes. He's a cool guy. Yeah, he's a cool guy. Knows high school sports. We're gonna yeah. We're gonna be doing a segment every week, just talking about the biggest news in the world of high. School sports with West Brown from County Sports Zone. Yep. So uh, we're going to start that tomorrow, and we're going to try to do it every Tuesday. There might be a few weeks where it's a little bit off for reasons, but we're going to try to do that every Tuesday with West Brown from County Sports Zone. Just you know, ten minute update. 
Yep. I, I like to know what's going on in the world. I got St. Francis again this week. So. Oh, really? Yeah, it's St. Francis Mount Zion. I How are they doing oh. this year, St. Uh, they started off, they, they, you know, they play like everybody now. They play IMG. Well, yeah. They haven't played IMG yet. They play Matter Day. They play Don Bosco. They play like all of yeah, the, the big, big dogs. And they started off, it was a struggle. I think they started off like one and four. But uh-huh. um, once the schedule eased slightly. Slightly. That's all them, it needs. I saw them play. Who the hell did I see them play? I, I did their first game because they moved into the new stadium at Under Armour. Yeah. That's where they're playing now. And I did the first game there. I can't remember who they played against, but I was like, ah, this looks like a, it was some Connecticut team. Sure. I'm like, this looks like a big match. St. Thomas Moore, I believe, okay. is who they played. And like, they put their backup quarterback in on the second drive. <laughs> <laughs> the second drive of the game. And this was a TV game. And by the third quarter, I had nothing to talk about. Wow. Like, by the third quarter, it was. You would run out of all the stories about you, what the kids had done. And you want to be very and... careful about like openly discussing the player safety issue. You want to be very careful about that because you don't want it to suddenly look like they're playing. What was the name of the the team? They're playing a uh, uh, yeah, uh, you know, the Bishop Sycamore. Bishop Sycamore. Bishops, yeah. You don't want to make it seem like this is not a real team or it's fraudulent in some sort of way. Yep. But like you're definitely having those feelings go through your mind of like, eh, I don't know if all these guys should be on the field at the same. Well, time. and the irony, of course, being that that's what happened between them and their local conference. Right. Correct. Is that so the local conference was said, like, yeah. yeah. We're good. We're good. And then Biff Pogey and his money ran off, and everybody yeah. was like, That's sorry, you're out still. <laughs> okay, guys. All right, buddy. Thank you. Thank you. This is John Colson, the worshipful grandmaster here at Press Box. Let's get a tidbit. Tidbit is brought to you today by ooh, this one will be brought to you by the Baltimore County Police Department this Saturday. Hiring and community event at the Public Safety Building, 700 East Jopper Road in Towson. If you're thinking about a career in the Baltimore County Police Department, you can do the entire process. Written test, agility test, application, all of it right there on the site. If you're not thinking about it, you should still show up anyway. It would be good just to interact with the police, but more importantly, get your kids in their costumes. Nice, safe environment for a trunk or treat. 410-887-5542 is the phone number to find out more. Join BaltimoreCountyPD.com and join the Baltimore County Police Department this Saturday for that community and hiring event. Adolis Garcia last night. Hell he became yes. He became the first player in postseason history. It's a pay. really great theater yes. in baseball this weekend. Between the two games on Friday, I mean Saturday was a dud, but um, the two games on Friday, wow. And then uh, yeah. last night, I know it ended up being a blowout on paper, but as You're everybody right, who's watching right. the game knows, like it wasn't a blowout until the ninth inning, and then it wasn't a blowout until Garcia parked the grand slam. Uh, first playoff, first time in playoff history, he to, for a player to hit a home run after striking out four times earlier in the game as Adolis Garcia came up and uh, and uh, yeah and did and did just that, uh, parked a home run out there. Uh, the Broncos they won after holding a halftime lead for the first time since hey! 2021. You could have stopped. It. They won, yeah. and it would have been enough yeah. of an accomplishment. They won a football game. Wow! Ten straight losses uh, with a halftime. Ten straight losses with a halftime lead. Uh, entering the game is the longest streak in NFL history, so they uh, fortunately will not make it longer. Uh, Travis Kelsey, 100 receiving yards uh, in the first half of back-to-back games. He is the only tight end to do this since at least 2000, and he is the first player at any position to do this in the last five seasons. That's back-to-back games with 100 yards in the first half. Travis Kelsey... Um, and of course, we're seeing the stat go around, and it's four games with Taylor Swift in attendance. Oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, but this is 108 receiving yards per game, with her not in attendance, 46 and a half. So, 
Cool. Yeah. I mean, the Chiefs got to keep finding. They got to keep making sure she's there. I think is uh, is is the case. Also, my fantasy team is going to need Taylor Swift okay. to be in attendance. Oh, yeah, that's right. Please. Uh, Lamar Jackson had his seventh career game with four passing touchdowns. He shows up in my column today. Oh. Yes. Four passing touchdowns or rushing touchdowns while completing at least 75% of his passes. It is the most by any player before turning 30. Oh, Lamar is only 26. You should probably credit ESPN Stats and Info since you ripped it off directly from them. That is, uh, of course, ESPN Stats and Info. Thank you. With that stat. Like, uh, literally verbatim. You... The way that it was written by ESPN Stats and Info. Well, Griffin's you, just out here there. like, it's my information. I didn't say that. Oh, God. Um, do you know who has the most games with uh, four-plus touchdowns? And, and, and a rushing? 70, yeah, so four-plus rush, like combined passing yeah. rushing touchdowns. Uh, and 75% completion percentage. Uh... I mean, I'll like. I still think it's safe to assume Tom Brady's on the list. Uh, Tom Brady, no, I, uh, yeah, no, yeah, because I, I guess yes, he he had to have a rushing touchdown. So you have to have a yes, rushing touchdown. Yes. That's so what Tom I was Brady, trying to yeah, yeah, understand sorry. in the list, right? Yeah. So Tom Brady is only at, five. but it still it only requires one, and that's the difficult part. Like mm. they don't have to be rushing quarterbacks, but I'll still say Steve Young. Steve Young, not on my list either. Didn't have as many starts, I guess. Also part of the five equation. for Steve Young. John Elway. Uh, not John Elway. So are these not rushing quarterbacks? Are these not? Um, no, they, well, the number one All is. All right, so Michael Vick? Uh, Michael Vick is not. Fran Turkentan? Not Fran. Cam Newton? Cam Newton, number one, ten games, ten games. With How many more are plus. there? Um, well, so Lamar is tied for second now all-time with okay, seven, so there's, so there's three other guys three with seven. Three other guys, got it, three other guys. Three other guys. Still. Three other guys. Marino. Not Marino. Um, and these guys aren't necessarily yeah, rushers. Great. Cool. Uh, Mahomes. He doesn't complete mm, yeah, passes. Yeah, no, in not percentage. Mahomes. That's right. Uh, yes, Rodgers. Uh, yes, Rodgers is yeah, on the list. Seven makes, games. That does make sense. Tied with Lamar. How about Montana? Not Montana. How about. No Niners quarterback. How about, wow, how about, just keep naming good quarterbacks. Kelly. Uh, no. Aikman. No. Manning. Uh, no. Manning. No. Favre. Not Favre. Brees. Drew Brees. Drew Brees. He's on this list. Not much of a rusher. Completion uh, percentage, yeah. Rivers. Not Rivers. Uh, you said a Cowboys quarterback. Think other Cowboys Think quarterbacks. Other Aikman. Not Aikman. Staubach. Not Staubach. Romo. How about current? Dak. Dak Prescott has seven that? of these games. Warren Moon. That's, that's it. That's the, oh, that's that's the, the top oh, five right there. Got it. Okay. <laughs> uh, uh, Jim Harbaugh has six. Oh, how about that? Yeah. That's interesting. Kirk Cousins Very also has six. Uh, the other two numbers everybody was enamored with yesterday was uh, Fox pointed out that going into yesterday, Lamar Jackson, 27.4 points per game in his career as a starter behind just Patrick Mahomes and Tom Brady for third all time. And all right. then uh, this was, of course, Lamar Jackson's third game with a 155 or better passer rating, which matches the number of games that Tom Brady had with a 155 or better passer rating in his career. So. Those are some of the other numbers that people like. Again, I did a buy-the-numbers thing at PressBoxOnline.com today for my uh, Ravens-Lions column. encourage you to check it out. Tubular brought to you today by ooh, Superbook. Superbook. 
Go back there. I guess there's got to be a number for next week, right? Let's see if we can't find a number for next Sunday. Ravens on the road in Arizona taking on the Cardinals. I'm going to guess. I'm going to guess the number is. Before you look at it, I guess I'll. Five and a half. Uh, I have I it. Oh, God. Oh, God. Yeah, not quite. This is going to be tricky. The number is eight and a half. Eight and a half point favorites on the road. That's what happens when you beat the Lions by 30. Big overreaction yeah. to one game. Eight and a half point favorites on the road. Is there a chance that Kyler Murray is playing this game? Mm, I, guess there, I guess there's a chance. I don't know. I don't know. Let's Eight see. and a half point favorites. If you want to get in on that, go do it right now. Superbook.com. Superbook app. Use the code GlennClark23 when you sign up, and you'll receive up to $250 in a same-day first bet match. Win or lose from Superbook. All right. Um, not a lot tonight, but the stuff that's happening, for the most part, matters. The big one, of course, Canadian Sabres at 7 on NHL Network. Canadians. Canadians, yeah, sure. Uh, NLCS Game 6 is first up tonight, 5 o'clock on TBS. Merrill Kelly and the Diamondbacks try to stay alive against Aaron Nola and the Phillies. I don't like their chances, but, you know, the fact they got us this far, I think, was a little bit surprising. Um, but that's Game 6 tonight. We would like – there's no football tomorrow night. It would be nice to have a Game yeah, 7. It would be really nice it to would. have a Game 7. I wish they could almost, like, do this where they took a day off in the American League to make sure there was a Game 7 tomorrow night. That would be swell, yeah. but – so it is. Game 7 tonight on Fox in the ALCS. Rangers-Astros, Max Scherzer. Didn't look great last time out, but he is Max Scherzer against Christian Javier for the right to go to the World Series. Uh, Monday Night Football, 49ers-Vikings, 8-15 on ABC, ESPN, and, and ESPN2. I assume it's a yes, Manning cast. this one but, I believe is a Manning uh, cast. Thank good. goodness. USA for Tottenham Hotspur. The Spurs and Fulham at 3 o'clock and uh, Raw at 8. By the way, I was watching on the internet. I, I am... It's almost pornography to me, the, the Wembenyama highlights. Like, I, my brain is not computing it still. The things, the closeout, he blocked, I think, Thompson on a three on Friday night, and he was in the paint and blocked a three. It's... I have never, my brain is like, that That doesn't work. This is a, a malfunction in the system. It was like when you see things in video games growing up, where they, like, the game would have some sort of weird, you know. Yeah, yeah. It's like what wonky right. issue, and you'd be like, "Oh, damn it, stupid <laughs> NBA 2K5." It's Wembyama. He's gonna blow. And well, what in the world was I looking at? It's just insane. Um. Yeah. Well. So Peyton, Jeremy Kahn's son, Peyton yes. Kahn, uh, he started a dynasty fantasy basketball league. He oh. had the seventh pick in our draft. Somehow Wembyama fell all the way to him. At seven, who was taken before? I don't know. Yama. I don't know who these other guys are in the league that where Peyton found these guys, but they clearly don't know anything about basketball, and they let Wembenyama. I had one, so I had in to a go with Dynasty him. League. Yes, I might have taken Wembenyama in a Dynasty. Well, how uh, long are you I planning went, on? That's the other question. Right, yeah. How committed are you to this league? Right, exactly, too, right? exactly. Yeah. So I went Jokic. I had one. I got I ended up getting the first pick, so I felt like I had to go with Jokic. What, was Giannis two? Um, I think Luca might have went two. Right, Luca and Giannis. I, I think I Giannis can, was three I or four. I can understand in a yeah. Dynasty going Luca two. Yeah, but I mean, Wemby Giannis should have been three or four. Yeah, at, it's at insanity, lowest. man. It's insanity. There's nothing nonsense. Uh, let's see. Uh, Julius Randle and Mick Jagger. They'll be on Fallon tonight. No, it's a package deal. Everybody knows. <laughs> Wait, did you say Julius Randle? Julius Randle. 
I thought we'd start seeing athletes on these shows at some point because, like, you know, the, a- the actors aren't allowed to do them. But Julius Randle. Promote the NBA season, I think guess. Think about how many guys had to say no before they called Julius Randle. That's well, the I part mean, of this that I love. He's a Nick, right? Like, imagine <laughs> them going through the list of, like, you think we can get LeBron on? Jalen no. Brunson didn't what about, what about uh, you think we can get uh, maybe uh, maybe we could call uh, Luka Doncic? No. Okay, well, well what about Jokic? What about... Because he's a New York Nick, but the, right? nobody. So. This is a na- It's not a New York local show. <laughs> it's not like it's airing on Pix Eleven. It's on a national network. Who gives a flying f? Julius Randle wouldn't even be a lead guest on a, on the Van Pelt show. Oh, should have got. What if? What if they should have got the manual quickly? That'd have been cool. <laughs> I was not going to watch it no matter what. By the way, how nice was it for one week that we got to have a good Sunday night football game, and then they were like, "And coming up next week." The teams in the big markets that suck again because deal with it. That's what we do. Who is it this week? Bears Chargers. Oh God. We let you have one. We let you have one week. Now Bears Bears are rolling. Now what we get? Yeah, right. Fall out of the top two. Everything's changed. Everything's changed. Anything else? Uh, no, that is it. All right, very There's good. Nothing tonight. Don't forget sports. <laughs> the, the Toyota Tacoma comes in a range of models and trim lines, so you can choose the perfect Tacoma to reflect your unique personality and driving habits. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Tacomas from your local Toyota dealer today. Of course, Shepherd University's Tyson. That's Bages. correct. That's correct. Thanks today to um, Tom Rinaldi. Thanks also to Clark Judge and Jeremy Kahn. We'll get it up in the greatest hits section of the. Oh my God, it's so good. Tab at GlennClarkRadio.com. Uh, tomorrow, uh, we will have Carter Baumler, Carter Baumler Orioles yes. pitching prospect. He's participating in the fall league, so we're going to check in, see how it's going out there. Also, um, we'll do high sports. yeah, we'll do our first yes. high school segment. We will do uh, waiver wire Wednesday preview with Joe Serpico, and hopefully, you know, stuff and things. Yeah. Thanks everybody at Pressbox, all of our great sponsors and partners, including Live Casino and Hotel, the Maryland Five Star, AJ Michaels, the Baltimore County Police Department, Royal Farms, Costas Inn, Superbook Sports, Hartford County, your local Toyota dealer, buyatoyota.com. Thanks to Griffin at Griffin underscore Bass. Follow us, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at Glenn Clark Radio. Have a great Monday night. Uh, do we care? No, we don't care about anything. Duke sucks. <laughs>